Ayo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah All aboard and welcome Ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming to you Not quite live From the K Compound In Boca Raton, Florida Thank you guys so much For listening We always appreciate You coming by And listening to the podcast And uh just a reminder, if you are just tuning into the show, we are an offbeat and irreverent take on all things cruising. And uh, one of the things we like most about what we do here is create this community of people that can be mostly found in the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. So check that out. We also have an Instagram page, uh, just always be booked. And we've been really trying to make a little bit of a push for the YouTube channel. If you can uh, hop on YouTube and just type in always be booked, you'll see the channel and uh, it's right there for you. All right, let's get into it. So this weekend in New York City, it was kind of interesting. You know, we always start off uh, again. If you are just joining us, we sometimes start off some off-topic things or just kind of do a little banter before we get into the nuts and bolts of the program here. Uh, We had a power outage in New York City, and man, when that type of thing starts to happen, it really... It's a little bit of a reality check, I would say. Wouldn't you agree? You go about your business, you're used to your AC, especially in the 90-plus degree heat, which it has been over there. It just... There's certain things... it. They become, when you wake up, they're just as expected to you as the air you breathe or the food you eat. And one of those things is just power. And yes, it is a reality check every time something like that happens to where, you know, this is this is something that was considered to be probably magic 100 years ago. Power, like just these uh, something that's just going to light your home and heat your home or you know cool your home off or anything just plug in these randomly crazy devices that communicate with satellites in space it's nuts how i guess dependent we've become on them and then every once in a while i think it's a good thing to where you'll see you know you'll lose uh, track of that you'll lose the ability to have all those luxuries and you're running around New York City and I always say it too when I was there when I was doing the couple of broadcasts that I was doing from New York City even when I got back from Orlando I just noticed you just you go to that city and you just hit with that reality check of you're living on that island of Manhattan and I'll tell you what man something goes wrong if the proverbial shit hits the fan it's it lights out. There's nothing you're gonna do. I mean, it's a, it's gonna be total bedlam and chaos. I heard something interesting the other day. Somebody said it was 72 hours. 72 hours was pretty much the measure 
of when it goes from, okay, you know what, let's pull through this, you know, help our neighbors, let's have the right attitude about it, it's a little bit that everybody has that nervous energy, hey man, we can get through it, we can make it happen. I heard on a different podcast, it was just kind of like uh, people were talking doomsday scenarios, uh, no, it was <laughs> it was actually a comedy podcast, you're probably sitting there, tell me, what kind of uh, doomsday scenario podcasts are you listening to? And it was actually comedians just uh, going through, I guess, uh, the guy's got a new family so he's you know trying to prep for things in case of emergencies type stuff which is all very very prudent to to do but he said he did research and he saw that uh the the number was 72 hours and at 72 hours it starts to slip away from that you know we're all in this together mentality to every man for himself mentality and i guess that's what it is i i mean i saw it unfortunately uh right in front of me with hurricane sandy and that was just i mean again you when sandy hit the northeast and i was living in astoria which was basically unaffected but just 20 minutes east i go to my hometown of east rockaway and there are well-to-do neighbors with multiple cars garages living very upper middle class and uh they're basically starting fires in their front lawn to stay warm and that was like holy cow a little bit of a reality check but yeah it only happened this time for about five hours and uh it was kind of cool because it gave you a little bit of a Mm, I don't know a bird's eye view of what would happen during sometimes you know at least <laughs> at least the first 72 hours and you know it happened on the west side of midtown Manhattan for the most part and what you saw was the Broadway shows they just blacked out so um, you're sitting in a Broadway show hanging out enjoying the show and uh, out of nowhere the lights completely go out that's not a movie that's just everybody go there's a cast there's an orchestra there's everything so what I heard was happening was people were filing out in a very organized fashion and then the actual players the actors and performers were going out on the side door nobody knew what to do so they would just continue the musical version of the show in some cases and you know the 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 cast would be out there and the and the the people who were there to see the audience would be out there as well and they would just start singing and kind of just making the best of the situation there were citizens that would run out and direct traffic now I lived through this. This actually happened in a much uh, worse level. You may have remembered hearing about the 2002 blackout in New York City where I was uh, basically, you know, kind of just getting going with things. I was taking a break. I had been in the restaurant business, but I had been taking a break from it. And I went in and um, applied for a job to sell real estate in a call center and we were on about the 19th floor or something like that and we were there and out of nowhere everything shut down and uh we looked outside we realized everything else was shut down too and it got a little weird in there i mean the bosses who i didn't even really know from a hole in the wall other than giving you know me my sales pitch that i'm supposed to give they start breaking out the whiskey they broke out some weed i'm not into the weed i don't i don't smoke weed i don't i don't really know these people so i'm not necessarily apt to drink with them but he just they just started throwing a party 
And then when I did get down, I did see some of the similar things that I just spoke about that happened the other day. I saw, I mean, it was just people taking it upon themselves to go into the middle of the street and direct traffic uh, on every single block you could see. Just that was very, very nice to see and heartwarming to see. There was really no way out of the city um, other than the boats. So I had to take a ferry. So I was downtown, but not lower Manhattan. So I basically had to walk a mile and a half to get out but then what you see is when you're walking by you see most places just kind of closed but every block or so or every couple of blocks you would see a bar and restaurant that just broke out the candles and would sell whatever they had and it's interesting to see what people do you know people uh, they just don't want to be alone during that type of thing people come out people uh People go to these bars. You know, you think, all right, there's a freaking power outage. Do you really have to start drinking at a bar? No, the people who do live by themselves, the people who don't have a family, which there are absolutely, you know, thousands and thousands of in New York City, you just saw them kind of look for something. They wanted that sense of community. This was like a touchy, touch-and-go situation, and people just wanted to have other people around them, and that's why they go to these places, and they kind of join up with other people who don't have anywhere to go or anything to do, so... It's very, very interesting to see what happens socially when that type of thing happens. And, uh, yeah, that was a bad one in 2002. That lasted a couple of days, I believe it was, or at least a day. I know that. And then, yes, that moment when the power turns back on, that's kind of a cool moment. You saw that in the city happen the other night, even even if it was, even though it was five hours. But back then, if there were a couple of days, I remember I was in Jamaica, Queens, uh, and I was trying to get a car out to see my family in Long Island and Long Island that was um, shut down too for a certain period of time. It was a very, very wide circumference, a very, very wide perimeter of places that were affected back then. And uh, it was just strange. But uh, little areas, pockets of areas started showing, uh, coming back little by little. I was at a stop sign and then just things started turning on. AC, you start hearing that noise anytime there's an AC or a generator or whatever noises you hear that just signify that there is power uh, that kind of kicked back into effect. And then there was that really bad one in 1977 where that was that a legendary look into that. There's so many things about the summer of New York City in 1977 that went on. You had the Yankees, this dysfunctional team. They made it to the World Series even though they weren't supposed to. You had the blackout. You had the Son of Sam, which was, I mean, 70s, 80s, 90s New York City is just was a cesspool. It was just, I mean... It was the, a lot of people think. All right, the, there was a charm to it, and they want to think back of like, um, you know, the good old days when it was less corporate. And yeah, I get it. You know, now everything's all corporated out, and I do agree with that. But you know, when if you go back too far, <laughs> it gets a little dicey where you can't really go outside at night. And I remember my parents telling me stories about back in when I was a little a little kid. You know, the son of Sam was out there, and that was a real thing. You ran to your car. Because there was this mass murderer out there for an entire summer. And then the blackout happened. The blackout, the most interesting thing about the blackout to me in 77 that I heard, and this type of thing fascinates me, uh, that there was a 
There was a new thing that was starting out. It was called hip-hop music. And I watched this show called Hip-Hop Evolution. And, um, you know, it was kind of in little areas in the city, birthplace of Bronx and Queens. Obviously, you listen to certain people, they'll tell you it was Queens. Other people tell you it was the Bronx. It was, uh, you know, these guys named Cool Herc, a guy named Grandmaster Flash. And these guys were like, up and coming kind of just they were they were basically inventors they were innovators and inventors they would throw parties with they would play music and then some guy would have a microphone and he would kind of get the crowd going more of like a almost almost like a hype man in today's you know rap scenario but like they would come out just to hype the crowd up and then that evolved into where they would kind of rhyme it a little bit and then they started extending that a little bit more so that's where you know the dj became the mc and that's where rap music started and then that whole uh role of that mc guy with the microphone just took off to where now the mc is um more important than the DJ, as you guys know. But that's, you know, we don't need me to give you a, a, a history lesson in hip-hop. But the interesting thing that happened in 77 was that hip-hop and rap music, whatever you, it was called back then, was sort of this kind of still way, way underground thing. But then that blackout caused so many people in poor neighborhoods to just start looting stores. And... I mean, that's just the reality of what happens. We talk, sometimes it takes 72 hours, sometimes it takes no hours. It just, the mob mentality kicks in. And uh, stores were broken into, and, uh, you know, things like that were going on, and, and electronic stores were completely looted. And this thing that was this underground thing that only a certain few people had access to, they see stories about Grandmaster Flash used to invent his own DJing equipment based on using equipment that wasn't made to be doing that. So then he, uh, he he set up, and now people started copying his formula, but they go and loot the equipment. About a week after this blackout, all these kids started having all this expensive equipment that they otherwise didn't have. So now this equipment that can be used for inventing this new genre of music became so readily available to so many talented people that ended up in the hands of so many talented people. Granted, nobody here is promoting looting or anything like that, but what happened? The looting did happen, and everybody all of a sudden... Tons and tons of kids out there had turntables and speakers and mixers and things like that. And eventually, I guess they ended up somehow, some way, they ended up in the hands. So let's say I don't have a a, a musical gift in the world. And I go and I'm going to loot a store. But I end up with this. Um, let me grab this mixer. Let me grab this turntable. Maybe I'm not the one. Maybe my friend isn't the one who looted it. But he's the one with the musical talent. He comes over my house. Caesar has to have this equipment. And he starts going to work on it. So basically, one way or another, all this expensive equipment got in the hands of people who otherwise, creative people, genius people who otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford it, it ends up falling into their hands, and now all these DJs start coming out of nowhere, all these MCs and just producers start coming out of nowhere, and because of, you know, in this, as, as in some cases, in some sources, they'll tell you that the blackout of 1977 was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, hip hop became, started its march towards mainstream. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> So that has nothing to do with cruising. Hey guys, if you're just joining, like I said, sometimes we go off the beaten path. All right, let's 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 uh, let's straighten the ship here. Uh, I got a couple of ship tours coming up. 
on Carnival. I'm very, very excited about that. Always, anytime you could put your feet onto the deck of a cruise ship, I'm always happy about that. And uh, July, I'm sorry, August 1st and 2nd, uh, we have the Carnival Liberty and the Carnival Elation. So I'll get some good footage of that and uh, be able to put a couple of YouTube videos together for that. By the way, again, like I said, definitely want that YouTube push if you don't mind. If you haven't subscribed to always be booked on YouTube, that would be very, very appreciated. And again, so you got one fantasy class ship and then the Carnival Liberty, which is, I believe that's a Conquest class ship, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll definitely check those out. I'm going to spend the night in Orlando. Who knows? Maybe, uh, I think Doug maybe mentioned he might shoot over for that. Maybe, you know, get a quick little uh, bite to eat over at uh, Fish Lips over there, which is, again, as far as if you want to watch cruise ships sail out it's one of the best places i would say smith and winlinski's in in miami is great but you know that's a high-end steakhouse you're gonna pay a little bit if you want to do that but really i mean what would be better than that grabbing a nice drink you have a full nice porterhouse in front of you uh five-star service while you're just watching cruise ships sail away definitely cool definitely something i want to eventually try and do it's right there i mean it's not like if you want to go do it do it right tommy yeah just go all right talking about trying but either way barring that you go up to orlando and you go to fish lips and you're basically sitting right there grills is the other one fish lip and grills are right there and you can literally not miss a bite of your conch sandwich or your or your uh you know mahi mahi sandwich and you can watch these ships sail away so i'm looking to do that i'll probably do that it's a thursday into a friday so i do have to work on Friday night, so I'm not going to have too much time to mess around in Orlando on Friday day, but I will get that Thursday, the Thursday night. It's not Orlando, right? It's Port Canaveral. It's just a lot of times they say Orlando and beaches when they talk about where it's going, Uh, but I digress. So the Carnival Vista, isn't that crazy what's going on? I mean, that does, I'm not going to lie, it does terrify me, but then at the same time, modern engineering, it seems obvious too, right? So it's the Carnival Vista, for all of you who do not know, uh, is having some engine trouble. The Azipods, Azipods, whatever it is, the bearings wrapped around with a 10-12-9 mixer uh, that is uh, backlashed by a uh, 4-gauge 860. No idea what I just said, obviously, but what it, what's going on is that it's uh, having an engine problem. So they tried to continue do, doing a couple of sailings. The power went out. Back in the uh, sailing that I was supposed to be on or, or potentially was thinking about getting on. Uh, glad I wasn't. And then they, uh, the plan was to do a dry dock. And it will be out of service until the 23rd of this month. But right now, this dry dock process, since the... And that's, that's what you wonder. So the only reason this happened was because the dry dock that they usually send it to was occupied, I believe, by the Oasis of the Seas. Not the Oasis of the Seas. It's occupied. So they can't get into the um, the dry dock that they normally use. This dry dock is an at-sea dry dock to where they pull the ship into what looks like these, um, these, these stabilizers. And under these, they shoot out of the water. I guess that's to, you know, let the ship know where it should pull in or maybe to stabilize it as well. Not 100% sure, but definitely, as always, check out uh, cruiseradio.net. There's pictures and videos and, you know, the full story is there. We kind of, I'm like you, we're just kind of like catching the story and interpreting it as it as we see. But this thing is, uh, it's genius. So there's this, uh, I guess what you want to call it, a, uh, a platform, for lack of a better term, that fills up with water so that it sinks the cruise ship 
pulls in on top of said platform. And then once the cruise ship is in place, what they do is they somehow siphon or suck the water out of the platform or whatever is giving the platform buoyancy, which makes it rise. And then in doing that, it lifts the cruise ship up as well out of the water so that the uh, problem can be fixed. I mean, an amazing process. And it's cool to see. And, uh, you know, definitely check that out. Uh, like I said, it will be back on the 23rd of this month. And we'll see where it goes from there. The group cruise, I would love to see if we can get some more of you guys on the group cruise. And it is a July 18th sailing. If you're a new listener and you haven't heard about this yet, it's on the Adventure of the Seas. We're calling it uh Pirates and Pier Runners. We have right around 10 people so far. There's probably going to be a couple more once they finalize. But I'm really looking forward to this thing. We're going to do some uh, extracurricular activities too. We will do uh, some, I'm, I'm looking to do some private events like a, uh, like a, like a show. We're going to record a live show from there and uh, have you guys get the opportunity to ask questions and be a participant in the show as well. And if we get a good amount of people, I'd like to throw a little party. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll even DJ it. And, uh, you know, if we can d- get a room, maybe even if it's uh, one of the common rooms that aren't in use, like the piano bar would probably be perfect because it's kind of intimate in there and we can kind of do our own little reception. Maybe we'll flyer it, promote it a little bit. I don't know how all the um, legalities and logistics works with work with that, but we will look into that. So that's Pirates and Pier Runners on the Adventure of the Seas from Royal Caribbean, January 18th. It's an eight-day cruise. It's going to San Juan, St. Thomas, St. Martin, and Labadee, Haiti. And man, I cannot be looking. I'm not, I'm not booked other than that right now. I don't know if there'll be another sneak-in cruise between now and then. If, you, uh, if you're if you a betting man or woman, you might say there probably will be. Uh, I mean, it'll have to be a deal, though. It'll have to kind of be one of those uh, offers that shoot in that blow me away. I'm not you know, paying $500 to take a three-day cruise to, uh, you know, Key West and Cozumel. So if they if they throw another offer at me at between now and then, there's a good chance that I will jump on something. But as of right now, that is the only thing that I'm booked on. But that's it. Enough talk about blackouts, hip-hop, and dry docks. Let's get into the news. All right, just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, there is a Patreon account that's associated with this show. If you'd like to support the show with an extra $5 a month, just $5 a month, you will get an extra couple of shows a week. And uh, yes, and like I said, the main reason is, you know, it's a contribution. If you uh, if you like the show, we are trying to do a whole full-time thing here, and we're trying to make some stuff happen. And it, if you like the content here and you want to contribute in any way possible, uh, there's a $5 uh, level that you can participate at, and you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, <laughs> P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked and you can enter in at the five dollar level that's a contribution and you will have access to a couple of shows a week that the others don't get access to or that you don't get access to right now listen hate to be exclusive but uh we got to eat out here that's the patreon if you guys don't mind so we all know about this unthinkable unimaginable story about chloe wiegan do you know who she is 
Uh, she is the one-year-old girl who did unfortunately and tragically fall off a Royal Caribbean cruise ship while docked in San Juan last Sunday. Uh, honestly, I don't even know how to wrap my head around this disaster, so I'm not going to even attempt to imagine what the family must be going through. And there are so many angles to this story. Uh, As depressing as it is, I guess we better touch on what's going on here. Um, Initially, there was some reports that it looked like it was a bit of a, it looked like it was a bad translation coming out of San Juan of the account that really happened. There was some terms that's poking out, she was being poked out the window. I don't even know what that means. But again, like I said, it was probably just some wacky translation that was going on. Uh, they were describing what the grandfather was doing as he held the child up near, over, who knows, uh, but it's obvious it was a dangerously close distance to the railing of the ship and uh, or the edge of the ship. And all we really know is that Chloe was under her grandfather's supervision at the time and somehow, it hurts to even say it, somehow plunged 11 stories to her death. Um, I don't even know where your head goes in that situation, but for me, as negligent as this was and how at fault he clearly is, I mean, I don't really think that's debatable at this point, we know it was an accident. Um, Beyond the sadness that I feel for this adorable little girl who is no longer with us, my next thought is some certain level of sympathy for the grandfather as well. I mean, wouldn't you think so too? Um, and, and that's where I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what I would do. What would you? I, I would. I might just disappear somewhere. Who knows? I don't think I have. You know, we're getting real morbid here, but I don't think I have the capability to directly kill myself but i don't know i might go to the desert or something with a bunch of liquor and do it slowly i don't know i I just facing um you know my in-law my daughter-in-law and husband-in-law or daughter and husband whatever it is um i i would just i don't know if i'd be able to do that anyway moving on as the week unfolds there's not too much more detail as a lot of times they do keep these things under wraps especially the cruise lines they are uh, always you know trying to do cooperation but cooperate in the minimal amount as possible so as to protect their interest but what we do know is that the family is remaining in san juan uh you know just want to kind of figure out everything out and they think they probably don't what they probably don't want to do is leave leave their daughter there which is probably still under investigation before they'll release it uh, they did hire an attorney, uh, or they have an attorney. I don't know if they hired an attorney or they used the current current attorney that they've they've been working with or not or not. Uh, officials are investigating, and they're still in the process of deciding whether or not to pursue negligence charges against the grandfather and talk about insult to injury. That might be the way to go. If that happened to me, I might just be like, yeah, just take me to jail. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I might just be like, yeah, put me there. Uh, I don't want to experience pleasure. I don't imagine ever wanting to experience pleasure anymore so you know what put me put me in jail i might say that i don't know there's no way to tell how you'd react um there was first talk of the grandfather slipping and then the child fell out of his arms now there's this narrative where they're 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 putting together and it's just kind of ironic and maybe it's not ironic maybe it's not uh maybe it's just because they got you know their thoughts together but uh there's a a story now that the child used to bang on the glass at her brother's hockey games and since there was a glass barrier as we know you're on the pool deck there's glass up separating you from the sea and uh she was banging on that and all throughout the side of the ship on the pool deck 
there was glass. And if you've been on a Royal Caribbean ship, you know that one section where it's kind of like, you know, it's an openable window from that glass. You can kind of open it. And then there wasn't glass there. And he thought she was banging on there. And she wasn't banging on there uh, because there was nothing there. And in an instant, she was then gone. This is where, to me, I um, I start to question things, okay? I'm hoping I'm not going to come off insensitive here, and I'm hoping there's a realization by you guys that I am compartmentalizing these two things. There's not a drop of sympathy that is lost of how I feel for this family. I completely couldn't imagine being in their situation I'm trying to think of if there is an enemy or a, or a person on this earth that I would wish something like this on, and clearly the answer is no. But I do have a few things that I am going to, if I'm going to be objective, I'm going to question a little bit. And what I'll question is, I don't know, first and foremost, legally, it wouldn't even come to my mind. I wouldn't even be able to, I don't think, even think about anything as far as lawyers and, you know, coming up with uh, scenarios or like this and that. I don't, I, I just, I'm in my mind, I'm like still grieving. I'm probably not even talking at this point. I'm not trying to even figure out. I mean, yes, yeah, I guess you have to try to figure out what happened, but at that point, that's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to get the exact story. I'm doing nothing in terms of, you know, I guess the, there's proceedings of litigation that are already taking place. That, to me, that, w- that just wouldn't happen. I just couldn't imagine even thinking about the paperwork and uh, signing documents and, and filing things. It just wouldn't be happening. It wouldn't be, on my, it wouldn't be on my radar at this point. I would just be in a deep, dark, dark, dark place. And uh, I don't know. I think it's from, from the outsider's point of view could be completely out of line saying this. I think that stuff's premature. And the other thing is, this grandfather, again, same scenario. I completely sympathize with what happened and the position he must be in, but he did a dumb thing. There's no way around the fact that you don't, we all we all say it over and over again, you don't simply fall off cruise ships and children don't accidentally get lifted, whatever it is, four, five, six feet off the ground, have access to an area where there's a window, whether open or not, and should they, they just shouldn't be happening. So the grandfather, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend what, uh, what happened, but don't lift your children up. But then the whole thing is we thought there was glass there. Now, again, apologize if there's insensitivity accusations here off of this. I'm not buying that part of it. You know what I mean? You, you, you've all been up there. You've seen where there's a glass partition on the cruise ship how many of you i mean you know how bad your eyesight has to be your your eyesight has to be bad to bad to the point where you, you should never be left alone with a child if in fact you lift a child and you can't tell with your naked eye where the glass partition starts and open air ends you know so there's clearly a manufactured narrative coming along here and I just don't like it. I don't like the fact that that's even happening. You know, these this this money is not going to bring your child back. Um, and none of this is going to really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's really all I should probably say. I probably shouldn't talk too much more. But I, I guess I also just wonder if something, this happened on the pool deck. You saw where the area was roped off. It's in that area where it's kind of covered because the deck above it 
you know, is a little bit of the, um, you know, where you walk around that deck above the pool deck and uh, you see where the window is and you could see where that area is. That's usually where you sit down and you eat or have a couple of drinks. Um, how, how, how are you going to tell me that you didn't notice that there was no glass there? It's usually even a little bit tinted. There's usually a reflection coming off of it. Aside from the, just the piece, of, it's just the, the 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 equipment itself. You could see it. You know what I mean? So I think this grandfather did something stupid. That's it. He just did something stupid. He thought he had full control of her. He probably put her near or God forbid, even out the window, like dangling her. We all remember when Michael Jackson did it, hung his kid over a balcony. Who thinks they're going to drop the kid? I shit my pants every time I see parents who they're like, I'm not dropping my kid. But they lift them up and they throw them up in the air. You ever see that? They throw them up in the air, catch them. They swing them around. They do the, uh, God forbid, and even the, and those people who do it to kids that aren't their kids, they're just like, no, there's no possible way I will drop this child. That's probably what happened, if I had to guess. The grandfather thinks, I'm going to show this kid, oh, look, we're going to hang out outside, give the kid a little thrill. But you screwed up, and there's really no coming back from it. That's kind of what, what I think happened. Could be completely wrong. If I am wrong, I will make a public apology. But um, that's what I'm thinking, too. Like It's on the Lido deck. I'm surprised that there isn't two things so far. I'm surprised that there's no eyewitness account of it that's saying, listen, this grandfather was doing this X, Y, Z or whatever, or there should be some sort of video on it, right? Maybe it's there. Maybe it just it's considered evidence and it can't get released yet. Either way, let me backtrack. I still have all the sympathy in the world in my heart for this family, the grandfather included, and uh, may this little girl... Uh, Rest in peace. What an awful, awful story. Rest in peace, uh, Chloe Wiegand. All right, so let's move on. As our uh, one of my favorite country artists, Kenny Chesney, says, it's about that time of year again. And uh, that's right, what I'm referring to this time is hurricane season. Uh, this year should be no different as we try to keep up with all the rerouting and the... Uh, all the, all the moving and mixing and matching of ships that go on during these months. And it looks like the first ship of this season to be affected is the Carnival Valor. Valor? 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 She left, as always, out of her home port of New Orleans. But at the conclusion of this four-night sailing to Cozumel, Mexico, things apparently got a little complicated with the weather, and she was redirected to land in Mobile, Alabama. And that's the home port of the Carnival Fantasy. So now what do we do? Carnival, being Carnival, commissioned a slew of buses very, very appropriately and prudently uh, to be lined up to take their redirected passengers across the Gulf Coast. On a, And when I say across the Gulf Coast, we're not driving over the water. It's just kind of like a little coastal driving, a little scenic driving on I-10 back to NOLA where... Um, it's approximately a two and a half hour drive. Uh, a statement from Carnival reads: Based on the latest forecast of tropical cyc- uh, of tropical cyclone two in the Gulf and its potential effect on New Orleans, the interest of the guests' crew safety, Carnival Valor has been rerouted and will now dock at the port of Mobile 
instead of its home port in New Orleans. So what happens here? Very, very simple. The, the, the ship couldn't go back to New Orleans. It had to go to Mobile because it was just unsafe to dock in New Orleans. And they reacted appropriately and got a bunch of buses together to bring the passengers across. Apparently, the move did not affect the Carnival sail, uh, Carnival Fantasy Sailaway that was scheduled to leave from Mobile later that day. Uh, of course, this was an inconvenience, and it's inevitable that you're going to have some unhappy campers. People will complain. Uh, as sure as the sun comes up the next day, you will have your complainers. But, um, you know, it is what it is. David Clark is the CEO of Visit Mobile, and he's mentioned that the hotel activity in downtown Mobile had picked up just a tick, nothing too crazy, uh, but that's kind of just what happened. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, this is just a thing about cruising that sometimes we cannot avoid. That's uh, a drawback to taking a cruise vacation in general, most notably during hurricane season. If you're asking me, as you already know, I think the good surely and by far outweighs the couple of times a year this type of thing has to happen. Then again, I've never been affected by it. I can tell you right now how it would go down. If I was on the sailing or one of these sailings that had to be rerouted, I would chalk it up to, oh, well, cruising being cruising. You can't, you got to deal with it. Um, all right, move on. We'll move over to Royal Caribbean and we'll talk about who is next on the list to receive the amplified upgrades. And man, you got to give it to Royal Caribbean. First, they do it to the Voyager class and then they touch on the Freedom class and now they're hammering, hammering out the Oasis class of ships. First, they're doing Oasis, and now it's Allure. I think you could say it would be way easier to give these facelifts to the smaller ships. You know, there's a lot of... Your 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 repair dollar probably goes a lot further on a lot of these uh, smaller ships, and you'd probably be able to stay in the double-digit numbers in terms of millions, you know, 78 million versus 160 million uh, to renovate. Also, on the smaller ships, the renovations will stand out. They'll have more of a drastic perception. The upgrades have you. You're already because you're doing these upgrades on ships that are already blowing you away. The Oasis of the Seas, the Allure of the Seas. These are, I mean, these are structural wonders, and it's amazing that Royal Caribbean is deciding. You know what? Not good enough. We're going in, and we're gonna. Put $165 million into the Allure of the Seas, uh, who is set to spend her 2020 summer in Barcelona. She's going to spend about 58 days under the knife and will be refitted for the following. She's going to get the Ultimate Abyss, which I don't love because I really do love that scenic view that you can stare straight out into an unobstructed view of the ocean. It's one of the best views. If you're on an Oasis-class ship, Colin, if you're listening, you know you've been on the Oasis-class, by the way. Uh, if you go past the sports court, the sports area, uh, there's a little bit of an uh, landing that you can look, and it overlooks the boardwalk. You're basically facing aft, but you're standing on the most, I guess, midship area you can in that area, and you just look back, and you look towards the dive theater and the aft portion of the ship and you get a really really cool view and really cool video and pictures and stuff like that i really love that area of the ship you put the uh, ultimate abyss there yeah it's a cool feature but i don't know it just takes away from it ever so slightly as far as the view is concerned uh they're going to put the perfect storm trio and that's a, a trio of water slides they're going to spice up the adventure ocean for the kids um the first ever giovanni's Italian kitchen and wine bar combo. See, now this is probably a little dicey here. Giovanni's Italian kitchen and wine bar, they're going to 
try to put you towards the PR that, wow, this is just different now. We're doing this because we want to add a wine bar to Giovanni's Italian restaurant. Now, if you don't remember, there was a guy named Jamie Oliver uh, who they tried to tell you was the guy who we should go to Italian food for. You know, hailing from uh, <laughs> not not Central Italy, not Sicily, not uh, Rome. Uh, you know, basically, uh, it, British. They wanted a British guy to sell to make your pasta and your sauce for you, which is fine because he's clearly a, a great chef. But um, I always like it enough. You, if you're in an Italian place um, and you don't know anything about the parties in hand, and there's two st- uh, uh, two two venues next to each other one is called giovanni's and the other is called jamie oliver's i'm going to the giovanni's every time so is what it is but i'm sure it was good either way but this is interesting because jamie oliver is going through some stuff in britain because he had his uh, stores closed there was some controversy i didn't really research it i should um probably some of you know have heard about it but you know they, they they're shutting down some of his locations in the UK and Jamie's going through some hard times here, a little controversy and I don't think it was anything too uh, foul play wise. I think they just they're just not doing well. I think he's just not I think he's just kind of closing down. I have to check on that. I'm sorry about that. I don't have that information. I just know Jamie has seen better days, okay? And people were wondering if Royal Caribbean was going to break away from Jamie Oliver. Uh, apparently, this is the start of that. They're going back to Giovanni's, but the news, the the lead that they're going to focus on is like, no, 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 it's because we're combining the wine bar and the Italian kitchen. Like, look away from the Jamie controversy. Look away from the pullback from dealing with our partner, Jamie Oliver. Let's focus on Giovanni's Italian kitchen and now wine bar. Makes sense. Uh, they're going to add the music hall. Now, one of my favorite venues on those ships is, uh, um, what's it called? Dazzles. Really cool venue. But apparently, this uh, music hall is really cool as well. And they're going to turn the Dazzles into music halls made popular on the Quantum class of ships. They're going to add the barbecue. So, you know, if you barbecue fans, myself included, uh, barbecue is the latest craze that is starting to come across all new cruise ships. Carnival got into it first, followed very, very shortly after that by Norwegian. And finally, Royal Caribbean, not to be left out of the party, is adding portside barbecue to their uh, amplified ships and probably their new ships across the board. They are putting in a Playmaker Sports Bar, which is a really cool venue. Playmakers was very cool, very functional. Did unfortunately, I just wish, like I said, they would get the actual sports packages. You're completely at the mercy of what ESPN Caribbean is showing, and uh, that's going to mean a whole lot of Australian rules football, a little bit of American sports, and then all the cricket you could ever ask for. But other than that, it's a very, very cool venue. It's got kind of uh, what would you say, like little private VIP areas. It's got got arcades it's got you know foosball it's got that um what do you call it that table shuffleboard with the sand on the thing uh, it's cool i uh, definitely very very popular venue el loco fresh seafood sort of like um i don't know not a not a fine dining seafood but also not a casual somewhere in that mid-range el loco fresh oh no no, no i'm sorry el loco fresh is on the um is a uh, is the is the is the uh, Mexican joint that's uh, you know kind of uh, it's free and there, it's a little bit of a poor man's version of Cafe Iguana. It's definitely not on the level of Cafe Iguana, I could tell you that, but it is still good. If you want tacos and burritos at sea, you can now get that at a local fresh on Royal Caribbean. Sorry about that. You're probably trying to jump through the speaker when you heard me 
describing a local fresh as a seafood restaurant. Um, Sugar Beach, there's going to be the uh, Bionic Bar, and they're going to have a venue that is going to be, I think they do it right now in that, um, what is that, on-air bar, I think, but they're actually changing that up and doing a spotlight karaoke. So there's going to be karaoke in its own venue on the ship as well. Allure is going to home port in Barcelona for the spring and summer of the 2020 season and will call at Palma de Mallorca, um, Florence, and Rome, which is, uh, how do you say this? I, I like to say it, but I don't always say it great. Civitavicia? Civitavicia, is that right? And Naples. All right, staying with Royal Caribbean for a minute, they just announced that they will make a year-round commitment to sailing out of New Orleans. That's kind of cool, as they send the majesty of the seas that way from January of 2020 to at least May of 2021. The Empress of the Seas will remain in Miami, and the reason these two ships are being mentioned in the same breath right now is because they were uh, considered to be a little bit out of sorts Uh, upon the announcement that U.S. ships were no longer allowed to sail to Cuba. There were a bunch of rumors out there about the fate of these ships in the wake of that announcement, but it seems, at least for the foreseeable future, that has all been sorted out. While they will both continue to wear out a path to Royal Caribbean's new and very popular private island, Perfect Day at Coco Cay, it was announced that the Empress of the Seas will make stops now at the Virgin Gorda of the British Virgin Islands. Now, that was I didn't know that was possible. Uh, Virgin Gorda is home to one of the best excursions on the planet, which is the baths. And uh, that was always reachable through Tortola. And that was always the stop that mainstream cruise lines would go to. I never heard and didn't know it was possible for one of these big ships to stop at the Virgin Gorda and actually call there. Uh, I looked into it. I was like, maybe they mean Tortola. No, it's apparently they are actually going to stop at the Virgin Gorda of the British Virgin Islands. And, um... That's cool. They have the they have the capacity for that, and that's great. That's definitely it's it's a reason. It's kind of unique because Empress of the Seas and Majesty of the Seas. These are these are the two Royal Caribbean ships that are sort of like the stepchildren, the runt of the litters, because they don't even have a class. They're just their two own individual ships that were made in the late nineties, early two thousands, whatever it is. But this is a reason to actually take those cruise ships, and uh, I really give you a little teaser i really shouldn't be knocking smaller older cruise ships anymore uh but yeah that's a solid pickup by then all right moving on have you guys ever heard of an organization called clean the world it's a global group that is committed to the philosophy of wash and that's an acronym for water sanitation and hygiene they are proponents and advocates of sustainability and improving the hygienic practices of third world places who may not have the resources to even keep themselves clean You may have heard about the hot water carnival corporation got into when they were found to have been engaging in activity that was less than environmentally friendly and a subsequent cover up to boot. Folks who remember this from just a couple of months ago know that this was intended to be no slap on the wrist. There were even talks of the entire company losing their rights to call in any U.S. port, and it was even mentioned that the judge would like to explore possibilities of incarceration for the owners and officers of the company, select owners and officers of the company. Uh, Ultimately, none of this happened, but Carnival Cruise Lines was forced to pay heavy fines and prove that it was committed to being part of the solution when it comes to being environmentally environmentally friendly and not part of the problem. So one of the ways they will spring into action will be to recycle all the discarded 
soap on board all of its ships. After each sailing, Carnival will send the discarded soap to the Clean the World Recycling Center, where the soap will be sanitized, melted down, and reprocessed. Together, Carnival and Clean the World will distribute more than four 100,000 new clean bars of soap to people in need across the globe each year. Right now, the process is being tested on some ships, but if all goes right, it is expected to be a fleet-wide program within a few months, I think it is. The process will bring what is being described as life-saving soap and sanitation projects uh, products to countries in need such as Bahamas, Puerto Rico, Mexican, uh, Mexico, Bermuda, and Central America. It seems like a no-brainer, right? I mean, what are you doing with this soap? Instead of throwing it away, you can round it all up and you can send it to this organization that will melt it down, sanitize it, and repurpose it for these people who are apparently dying because of lack of sanitary options that way. And it's kind of cool that, you know, it doesn't matter where they do it. Just anywhere people are in need, that's where it should go. But I guess it's kind of cool that they're kind of keeping it in the areas that they, uh, I guess, stand to uh, help as much as possible. The Bahamas, the Caribbean islands, basically. Yes, so I think it absolutely is a no-brainer. And kudos to Carnival. Yes, they are being forced to do these types of things. But hey, let's not have it lost on us that they are doing it. So good for them. So we have uh, what is somewhat of a new story coming out of Carnival, and that is that Carnival Fantasy it had to extend one cruise and shorten another by just one day. This, of course, was because of Tropical Storm Barry, which made for a very uncomfortable ride, some people will say, back to Mobile, Alabama. Uh, as guests were said to have been complaining extensively about the awful last day or so on board. Uh, clearly, this is another risk of cruising like we just talked about during hurricane season. Again, I, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, people got to calm down. Listen, there's no way around it. If you have 2,000 people on a cruise ship and there was any slight chance of anything going wrong, you're going to get a certain amount of people that are going to complain about that. That's just is what it is. So Carnival needs to accept that. I think John Heald put out a statement. Kind of, uh, there, w- there was a couple, I believe, that did complain about this. Uh, and I think John Heald sprung into action and did a little damage control. And I, and he's right. There's no doubt about the fact that John Heald is right in that, you know, these people are complaining and they're getting a little crazy. And, you know, was it really that bad? I think the term cruise from hell was thrown out there. But, uh, yes, it's a joke to say that. You're on a cruise ship. These people are probably newbies in a term, when it comes to cruising. And, yes, you you, you have to account for certain things carnival is a very very powerful powerful corporation with a lot of money and a lot of influence and a lot of resources they do not to my knowledge at this point have any control over the weather i'll check on that i'll make sure i'm accurate with that but i don't think carnival can control the weather at this point yet maybe someday soon maybe that's in the cards maybe that's uh, carnival 3.0 but at this point right now they do not control the weather and i think we just have to kind of keep things in perspective i do feel bad if there was some bumpiness or rockiness on their way back but you know what guys suck it up um Carnival uh, guests booked on the onto the trip were promised a refund on pre 
prepaid costs for their last day, according to Carnival Cruise Line Ambassador John Heald. And those who decided not to travel, although, so now we're talking about the following sailing because the next sailing was cut short. So it, as it pertains to that sailing, uh, guests booked on the trip were promised a refund on prepaid costs for their last day. And they, uh, those who decided not to travel at all because of the mix-up in the itinerary will receive company credit. All right, that's it for the news. Let's get into the main topic of the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, the review, the experience, the overall, I guess, recap of the Carnival Paradise, which is a fantasy class of ships, which I have spent the better portion of the last two and a half years bashing the shit out of on this show. So... We ended up on the Carnival Paradise. When I say we, it has nothing to do with we. It was me, solo, just me by myself. I got a deal that was out of nowhere, and it was a very, very good deal. So I said, you know what? Let's A, take this opportunity to go on a cruise, and B, use it as an opportunity to see what the deal is with these fantasy class ships. Here's the history. Here's the recap. I always bash them, mind you. It was always a little playful. You guys know that. I, 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 I disclaimed it a bunch of times. I always said, you know what? It's probably a good time, you know, whatever. But I just always thought it was ridiculous when you have all these cruise ships out here. And I'm not talking about just size. I'm talking about age and I'm talking about just the upkeep of the ships just based on what they look like from the outside. You look at these ships and I'm telling you, they just look like there's something that belongs in a bathtub. When you have all these beautiful cruise ships out here, why would you spend a second on a cruise ship where when you try to look at the sea over the Lido deck, the, the light boats are in the way you look at this ship it's one giant hull you look at this ship there's rust on the back of it you do research on the ship you find that it was built in 1921 and then you look at carnival the biggest cruise line in the world what, the, what are they going to do? They're going to put millions and millions of dollars into refurbishing these things while Royal Caribbean's out there building these new space age cruise ships with split decks, zip lines, uh, <laughs> dare I say, uh, skydiving, uh, all these things. And I'm like, come on, man, you're Carnival Cruise Line. You're the first cruise line I've ever been on. Why are you not keeping up with the Joneses? Why are you wasting your time? And it was explained to me by a lot of people saying that, you know what, this is just financially a good move for them to keep putting money into these ships because they're very popular. They're likely all paid off and they're pure profit. So it's just is what it is. So what I'll do here is I'll get into, and that's just the backstory. What I'll do is I'll get into some general thoughts of what I thought about the experience and uh, then we'll get into a little bit of a blow by blow. I'll go into you know some of the notes I made, and uh, I don't know. I'm kind of freestyling here, going off the cuff as I normally do. So I'll try not to be repetitive. I'll try not to. Um, I'll try not to uh, go on and on. I was on Doug's show. I wasn't. It's not to be aired yet, but I did record a review, an interview on this sailing that he's gonna probably release at a later date. Uh, but. You know, I tell myself all the time, I try not to go on and on, but I guess the people who don't mind me going on and on are already here. Those who don't like that type of thing have tuned out a long time ago. Uh, But let's do it. All right, here we go. Carnival Paradise. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) 
<laughs> now I knew someone said it when I asked for predictions that Tommy never had a bad cruise and this will be no different and that's the case that's the truth I knew I was not going to have a bad time on this cruise ship when we talk about comparisons we talk about you know versus you know Carnival Paradise versus the Carnival Horizon Carnival Paradise versus Navigator of the Seas and you know Everything is relative. And yes, I knew I was not going to have a bad cruise. Well, I didn't guarantee that, I guess, this time only because this was going to be my first real solo cruise that I've ever done out of 20 plus cruises. But I'll say this. uh, Looking back, this cruise ship, this cruise experience was one of the best cruises I have ever had, period, End of story. Now, up until day four, or day, yeah, day four, it was a really good cruise. And I was really excited to get off the ship and tell you guys how much I liked it and how much I enjoyed it. But then, on the last, let's just call it the last two days, day four and five, it elevated itself into what a ship, what a time, what an experience, what a group of people on this particular ship, on this sailing, which is probably happening on every sailing because of a few reasons that I'll get into. But I was excited. My last experience with Carnival was on the Carnival Horizon. And I'll say this, the Carnival Horizon is a great, great ship for anybody who's going with, like, let's just say a family, or if you're going with your significant other, Things like that. If you're looking to have a real connection with the people, that was always what I loved about Carnival. I had a nostalgic feel about Carnival, and I've gotten away from Carnival recently. You guys have heard the show. You've heard me say that, you know, Carnival, you've heard me do more Royal Caribbean sailings lately. You've heard me do more Norwegian sailings and wax poetically about those types of those ships and things like that. And, uh, it's been away from Carnival, and there's been a few reasons for that, and a lot of it is because the aft pool became kid-friendly, and you know the, the Carnival Horizon was, uh, while a beautiful ship, a little bit of a, not necessarily the, the best community of a ship, you know what I'm saying? So I was just thinking back, and I was like, no, I didn't expect this on this ship either. I was thinking, okay, well, this one won't be what I love about Carnival either. This will be dated. This will be cool. It'll be enjoyable, but it'll be, you know, almost like too much of a throwback. What I loved was mid, the mid-range, the mid-level Carnival ships, the Splendor, the Miracle, the Conquest, the, you know, the Liberty, where you know you're getting, I don't mind that flashy decor. Give me those Carnival Splendor pink freaking walls and floor any day of the week. It's not necessarily do I look around the ship and am I admiring gorgeous artwork. No, for me, and I know a lot of thought and care was putting put into the design of those ships, and they're that way for a reason. They talk about the Carnival Miracle for a second. The theme on Carnival Miracle is... Um, basically superheroes in history and uh or 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 fictional characters no fictional characters that's what it is in history and you look at the thought and the care that was put into what is the cuts the mad hatter's room you put into the thought and care of what was put into the decor of that room and you feel like you're somewhere man you feel like you're somewhere where people gave a crap about what they were going to do even if you like it or not you know, you definitely feel like an acid trip from 1978, 100%. Not that I know what that's like, but that's it kind of feels like it's they were going for that. And then uh, what's her name? Gatsby's Garden. 
we discovered that on day seven of an eight-day cruise. And I was like, where are we right now? This is awesome. You got the, uh, they put the, what do they put, the, um, the, the chapel in there as well. There's so many things on uh, just those old-school carnival ships that are just so endearing, unique characteristics. And uh, I was wondering, so I was, my idea was to hopefully get back to that. Now, I didn't think I was going to get that on this particular cruise ship, but I got that. And I got so much more. I say often when I talk about the Bahama Paradise, which is a former carnival ship, that the one refreshing thing or one of the refreshing things about going back on a ship like that is going back to a time where the designers were not thinking about capitalizing on all every single square inch of the cruise ship. And that is that comes into play on this ship as well so let's start right at the beginning with the atrium i wasn't ready for that i wasn't ready to walk into the atrium that i walked into and i'm going to compare it to what someone of influence said about penn station in new york city penn station in new york city right now is a very very functional i guess what would you call it a terminal a train terminal and uh you know grand central Still has that picturesque kind of palatial uh, feel to it. Penn Station not. Penn Station used to be better, prettier, more palatial than um, than Grand Central. But what happened? All that when you look up in Grand Central, and thankfully that was probably headed for the same fate as Penn Station was. But somebody stepped in and said made some sort of a historical. Uh, you know, I don't know what those rules are, like a historical site rule or something like that they put in play and made it illegal but they didn't do that for penn station so now you're in penn station and it's basically a low ceiling strip mall that lets you get to wherever you're trying to get to and it's just you know it's just it's, it's not pretty is all it is so similar situation on cruise ships you look at these atriums and uh they get smaller and smaller now royal caribbean obviously it's a different situation because they have the promenade but uh in in most cruise ships you know how much money are you directly making from an atrium? You're not. So when you get on this cruise ship and you step into that atrium and this space, the hollowed out, I don't know what it is, six story. It seems like it's five or six stories, uh, whatever it is. I think it's five, maybe. It's just there's so much room. There's so much space. You feel like you're somewhere immediately on this cruise ship i knew that this was going to be a room that i wanted to be in a lot it feels like you are in an actual almost like a concert venue it's like a, it's almost like the last time i felt like i was in something that cool was carnegie hall to be honest with you but the atrium threw, like blew me away having said that when i did get on the ship first and foremost i was like a uh-oh exactly what i thought I, I I really I'm not here to tell you that this ship is not without its without its issues because when I first got on the ship, couldn't help but notice that there was two side by side glass elevators. You know, in the newer Carnival ships, they put like maybe four or five of them on the elevator bank. This particular ship had two of them. One of them, sorry, out of order. <laughs> so you got two all day, two elevators that are glass and. Uh, they're out of order. And then, uh, you know, what's the first thing you do? You go, you drop your stuff off, go to get something to eat quick. And uh, I get my guy's burger and walk over to the drink station. And I go to every single one of those drinks where, you know, the ones they have the cranberry, they have the orange, they have the iced tea, they have whatever. Pushed every single friggin' button. 
it was all water coming out of all of them. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, yes, I was blown away by the atrium. But then I'm dealing, I'm looking at the elevator. Then I go upstairs, I walk around a little bit. I see the lifeboats. I was also laughing at, uh, what else? Because oh, everybody tells you, everybody and their mother tells you, oh, you got to see this skyway. If you're cruising out of Tampa, you got to see this skyway bridge. Honestly, I waited it out was kind of underwhelmed. I mean, you're sailing under you when you when you're from New York and you're used to sailing under the Verrazano, the Skyway Bridge is not going to blow you away. Sorry. So anybody who thought that was like a really cool thing that I should have like loved um it was like, you know what it also was like because it took so much longer than I wanted to. Here's the deal, let's back it up. Night before I DJ'd, didn't have a lot of sleep because I told you on the um previous show that I had packed everything into last minute. So I didn't get a lot of sleep. Now I'm DJing I go to my friends, I crash on his couch because I'm not driving all the way back to Boca Raton when I'm going to Tampa the next day. I'm just going to drive out of West Palm. So I'm very, very tired. So I knew one of the things I was going to do was take a nap early. But I'm hearing about this Skyway Bridge thing. So that's probably why I was a little, you know, out of sorts uh, and a little bit disappointed because maybe just the expectation and that might have been just perception versus reality type of thing. All right. So. I noticed the freaking broken elevator. Then I noticed the broken uh, drinks when I'm trying to get a drink. Then I walk around a little bit. You're seeing these, you know, nasty lifeboats that are basically in your way of looking at the sea. You're like, is this freaking real? Uh, And then you walk over to the Lido deck and you see some wasted space. Um, Then you go over to the front of the ship. And I think this was the area that used to be topless, if I'm not mistaken. But it was just like a giant, almost like half a football field long of just nothing. Now, I'm sure they put chairs up there. But as soon as they take the chairs down, there's really nothing going on. I really think they should do something there. I don't know if it's a um, sports court or or anything. There's definitely wasted space there. There's definitely a good amount of waste to the point where it's, it's they they should be doing something with it. So I was like, this is a hot mess, a little bit of a hot mess. This cruise ship. So it is what it is. But then I start walking around the lower decks, and I'm seeing that. That carnival kind of nostalgic feel. When I say that, you have the Carnival Boulevard, you have the uh, you know the, the the marble or marble-esque type floors that you're walking on that have the gloss finish to it. What I like is the, uh, the 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 neons that when you do come out of the elevators and you're ready to approach the Carnival Boulevard or the hallway or whatever, is neons that kind of break down everything that you're gonna about to you're about to walk up onto. I like that. That's just a signature carnival thing that just kind of warms my heart a little bit. I don't know why. Just you know, old school carnival. But then I take my nap, and I'm waking back up, and it's time to go to dinner. And they do put put us at a table with people who were just uh, you know just also solo cruisers. All right, let me back up. I'm I'm getting a little, little all over the place here, and I'm just gonna stay with my notes here. If you bear with me, uh, I do want to say first and foremost that it was a breeze getting through. It was a beautiful experience boarding this ship. No problems. I did not stop walking barely once except for the time we have to go in the desk and get the uh, picture taken and everything like that. I think Carnival's new process of having the cards in your room when you get there really shortens things, at least for us as guests. I think it's awesome. It, barring the one time on Carnival Horizon when they just didn't have my <laughs> they didn't have my card at the room and I had to go back to guest services and wait through the mustard drill and can go back again, whatever it was. All right, so again, 
that was a great process. Aside from the atrium being kind of blowing me away, what also I really enjoyed was the fact that the hallways were wider. You're going to get that on older cruise ships. You know, they, they, they realize this is a newer, newish type of industry and more focus has to be put on quality versus quantity. And uh, yeah, you could actually walk down a hallway and have another person be walking in the opposite direction and you don't have to stop and adjust your position to let them go. And that was very refreshing on this cruise ship. So I really, really enjoyed that. Stateroom was fine. It's a dream when you, you know, talk about solo cruising and I'll get into that. I don't really know that solo cruising is for me overall. But uh, I will say that there's, you know, do being able to do whatever you want, go wherever you want. And I'll say, you know, to Chris and Nicole and people that I cruise with, that's my family at sea. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, those people are more of like, let's just find the booze, find the party and kind of do whatever we want to do. I'm a cruise nerd. So I like to look down the freestyle daily and see what the activities are and the action is and, you know, show up to this and show up to that. Check out a show here and there. Uh they don't like to do that. So when you are cruising by yourself, you do have the opportunity to do that. And um, that's what I did too. Aside from that, it's also cool that when you go in your room, it's your freaking room. You're putting your stuff wherever you want it. And uh, is what it is. What I also did love about this cruise ship was an indoor control climate seated muster drill. I mean, that... I recommend most cruise lines do that. I got to tell you, cruise lines, if you're listening, do the indoor seated climate control muster drill because so many times the worst cruise I've ever had was on the Carnival Sunshine, and it was still a great cruise. Never had a bad cruise in my life, but if you're going to rank them, this was the worst one. And the reason was, I think, was A, because we just waited in an hour and a half, two-hour line to board the ship, so that pissed me off, but then... The mustard drill took forever, and it was just, you know, they was, they was taking so long rounding everybody up, and we had to stand for it, and that right there set me off. Set, that set the tone for the vacation. If you could set the tone for the vacation in a more positive way, that will make it that much more easy for you to satisfy your guests, in my opinion at least. Um, we talked about the wasted space. All right, so let's talk about Guy's Burger. So this is this was an issue, and uh, you know we're we're into it now. This is the type of stuff that's no more uh, particular order. Talking about Guy's Burger now, every Guy's Burger that I've ever had was delicious. I had one here, and it wasn't quite the same. And I have to admit that you know, despite the fact that you know, if this ship was a nine and a half out of ten which it, I would probably say it was, if this cruise was a 9.5 out of 10, uh, the 0.5 was in a certain few things, and this guy's burger thing was maybe part of that 0.5. I noticed on this ship they had a staging area in the middle. So you, normally you have Blue Iguana Cantina, and then you have Guy's Burger on the other side. And then in the middle, you'll have another entrance into the Lido deck or bathrooms or an elevator bank or whatever it is. In this ship, it was occupied by another grill area. Uh they put the brunch there, the late risers breakfast or whatever it was. So in this regard, they were cooking off all the guys' burgers there. And I noticed that I got my guys' burger. The cheese was a little bit kind of falling off to the side. It wasn't, you know, what they do is they cook it in the middle portion and then they put them all 
on a hotel pan and they bring it over. So now they're serving you. Now, I guess if it's flowing quickly and traffic is moving quickly, it doesn't matter as much. But if there's not a lot of people online, chances are you're getting a burger that was probably from 15 minutes ago. And this was evident in the first guy's burger that I did get. So, and when I said on Instagram, guys was complicated. I didn't say it was bad. I said it was complicated. And I noticed, you know, some of the officers do eat on the ship too. You know what I mean? I think most of the crew has to eat in the crew mess or whatever it is. I'm not 100% of an expert on that. But I do know that you'll see every once in a while the people who appear to be a little bit more important on the cruise ship, they're able to have access to, you know, the buffet and sit in the sit in the guest areas and, you know, have Guy's Burger and things like that. So what I noticed on, you know, one of the days is that I was going to go up to get a Guy's Burger and there was three employees of the cruise line standing there. They were going to do it too, but they were wrapped up in a conversation and they were letting people go ahead of them. And I could tell the reason they were letting people go ahead of them is because that they w- wanted to wait it out for a fresh hotel pan of Guy's Burger. So I did. I At one point, I did the same thing. And when I did get that good burger, it was hot. The cheese was fresh. The seasoning was fresh. And it tasted delicious. So there was a little bit of a difference there. And, uh, you know, that's the thing what a lot of businesses do. You know what I mean? They come out with gangbusters. They know that they are completely dead in the water if their product isn't top notch so they will sacrifice profits to make sure the product is top notch and then what will happen is they'll carve out their little niche there'll be a line there'll be a wait you can't get into the place because it's so popular and then they'll start looking around and look at how much money we're making i got an idea let's figure out how we can make more and then they start cutting corners. And they're, them to them, in your mind, you're already conditioned that this place is great. You know what I mean? So you've already bought in. So they think that if they use a little bit more of an inferior product in their ingredients or their processes aren't that tight or their staffing gets to get cut out so you have to wait a little bit longer, these are all things that they think you're, you'll deal with because they've already locked you in. And I think, guys, was a little bit of the same story with that in that, you know what, you weren't guaranteed to get guys' best product if you were, you know, let's just say you were walking around the Lido deck and it wasn't that busy and you were on that last third or second or third burger to the end before the new fresh one was going to come out. So I'll say that about guys and, you know, not good, but it is what it is. What else? The uh, Blue Iguana Cantina was on point. I mean, as good as ever, absolutely delicious. You have to do it. If you go on these carnival ships, you have to check out the breakfast version of it as well the breakfast burritos breakfast tacos off the charts i don't know what it is there's so many things in my life that i do at sea or consume at sea that i just can't be replicated on land if you put a blue iguana cantina on land i don't know if it would be as good but i know when i'm on a ship any blue iguana cantina burrito blows away any chipotle chipotle burrito that i've had on land so I will say this, you know, it could be my mind because I could tell you right now, pina coladas just do not taste as good off a cruise ship as they do on the cruise ship. So I don't know what it is, but the Blue Iguana Cantina did not disappoint at all. It was on point from start to finish, breakfast to lunch. All right, moving on. The beer, man. I, I'm going to admit to you, 
I've gotten into a little bit of the IPA scene a little bit. Some of the places, you just almost can't help it. You can't get away from it. You're in the nightclub, restaurant, bar industry, and they're just everywhere. Now, the advantage is, yeah, you get a little extra kick. Now, they, they just taste a little different. If, you, if you're looking to break away from the same old Miller Lite and you want to try something different that has a little bit of a taste to it, I don't know. I, I have. I've gotten a little bit into that slowly, very slowly, but surely. I've always been the guy who tells you, listen, when I drink, I'm just trying to get to where I'm trying to go. I'm not trying to get fancy. I'm not trying to recognize the freaking, uh, you know, the blueberry notes or whatever is coming out of the beer. Having said that, slowly but surely being exposed to different beers and things like that, I have acquired somewhat of a taste for the craft beer, the IPA, this and that. So knowing that, I decided to have a couple of these beers on Carnival, knowing that they make them for Carnival, by Carnival. You have the Red Frog Wheat. I was drinking the Parched Pig West Coast IPA. I don't know. What is IPA? India Pale Ale, right? I don't know what makes it a West Coast India. Is it West Coast USA, but Indian Pale Ale? Is it the West Coast of India? I don't know what I'm drinking here, but it did taste good. And uh, I enjoyed it very, very much. So the the beer, and it was out of a can. I think, oh, can, can to glass is delicious. And it wasn't like a little can. It was like a 16-ounce can. I, I said it coming onto the ship, too. I was thinking about not getting the drink package in that regard. Maybe I'll enjoy a few beers. You know what I mean? It's not like me, but nevertheless, something I decided that I was going to do. So the first night of dinner, we went down and like I said, we sat down with, um, they put us at a table. It was mostly solo cruisers. It was a, it was a wacky mix. Uh, let's just leave it at that. These are people who, uh, you know, when you, when you cruise solo, you wonder, you know, the first thing you wonder why they solo nothing different with me. I'm the same way, you know, wondering if there's clearly character flaws and <laughs> Why are you cruising solo? No, you sound like an asshole saying that. Okay, you gotta have to have character flaws if you're cruising solo. If you can't find anybody to go on a five day cruise with you, but whatever, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable with my character flaws. So I guess there was uh, sitting at the table and people just start talking, and you automatically identify their character flaws. Oh, oh, I see, ma'am, you're you're here by yourself because you don't shut the hell up. <laughs> Or, oh, I see, uh, sir, you're here on a cruise by yourself because you complain about literally everything. And uh, they were nice enough people at the end of the day. But, yeah, you could definitely, uh, you can't help it. Your mind just goes in that direction. And they were probably saying the same thing about me. Oh, this guy is, uh, you know, Mr. Joe. I was really kind of quiet. I wasn't really. I, I tried to get into the mix of the conversation. But people just started talking over each other. And there was no listening going on. And, um, you know, maybe. Maybe I was guilty of that a little bit sometimes too, but you know, it came to the point where okay, I am the role player in this. There was a sweet old lady; she was like maybe eighty, sitting at the table with us, and she was great to talk to because she had done multiple. I mean, I don't know how many cruises she did. She had, it sounds like she did over fifty, but she'd done Disney. She'd had sweets. She had everything, and she just loves being at sea. And she couldn't come off more sweet and more innocent and nice and just a gentle old lady. And it was really, really a pleasure to speak to her and listen to her talk about the cruises she's been on and what she's seen. And uh, it was all just very, very nice until she started opening up. And the another thing in common with most of the people at this table was that uh, we all uh, had 
casino, free drinks in the casino. These were all casino deals as well. And she was the same way. And the older woman was just like, <laughs> she goes, oh, you know, I uh, I like I used to like to gamble. I don't do so much anymore. But I used to like to dabble and, <clears throat> and gamble. And I would play some blackjack. And I, was, I just asked her about it. I'm like, oh, how much were you a high roller? Did you go, well, you know, I wasn't that high of a roller. But, you know, one time I was in a casino on a cruise ship and uh i did go on an 18 hour gambling bender and uh i ended up not eating and i was dehydrated and i i guess i was drinking a lot and i ended up uh funny enough i ended up passing out and defecating on myself and had to be brought out on a stretcher i was like "Are are you serious thank god we didn't get our food yet the chocolate melting cake hadn't showed up yet but i'm listening to this woman talk and i was you know went from thinking she was already a legend to now she's just that more of a legend and uh yeah she was a pleasure but i only made the dinner twice now it wasn't the plan i had planned to go to the dinner every single night but we'll get into why that didn't happen more often than i thought it would in a little while but dinner the first night was a little bit of a disaster she the the lady who was uh, our server was very sweet and she was doing her best and that's all you gotta do guys and girls out there running businesses you can alleviate so many bad complaints and 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 just by just having the right attitude and we already know we were all experienced cruises and we know that sometimes the first night in the main dining room can get a little dicey it is a turnaround day so they are trying to catch up with things i guess maybe maybe it's not maybe there should be no reason why it is but that's what it always seems like it seems like the first night is always a little bit rough and she seemed to be a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit thrown off her game but that sweet smile never escaped her face and you know despite the few screw-ups that there was with bringing out the food food coming out late food coming out wrong a little bit none of us were bothered by it at all but it was just worth noticing because yeah you had the first day hiccups and it was what it was let me give a shout out to sammy b sammy b is the entertainment director on board this ship and she was amazing i got a chance to meet her but she took care of it she hooked it up she did a lot of cool things as far as like you know some extra special stuff in the room whether it was fruit baskets or you know chocolate strawberries or you know they they also um gave me priority seating at the shows knowing i'm not the biggest show guy when i go when i go to see when i when i'm at sea i didn't want to seem unappreciative so i did go to the welcome aboard show and uh i did enjoy that and when i walked in all i had to do was say my name and the coordinator just brought me to the literally the very front row and that was my first experience of just kind of seeing cruise director leon but first just staying on with sammy uh thank i wanted to thank her so much she did a tremendous job making me feel very very welcome on the ship and clearly she does a great job with the entertainment across the board on the ship and i was actually fortunate enough to be able to sit down with her for about 10 minutes and uh i will air that interview on this show in a in a few minutes um but aside from as great as she was sitting down and getting my first uh i guess introduction to cruise director leon leon to me was the best cruise director i've ever seen now i don't know maybe best i will say yeah i'll say definitely the best and i 
now the experience would blow blew away any experience I had with any other cruise director. Mike Pack, I think, if you put him in that type of environment, I think would be very very good. I think he 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 rivals the talent wise. I think he's a little rougher. Uh, Leon is probably a little more polished. He's just smoother. Mike Pack is just a party dude, just a fun party guy, and I think he's really really good. He's just I mean he's all in your face the whole time, Mike Pack, and it's usually he's done this in a very uh, entertaining entertaining way. The difference was was Leon was a little bit more subtle. He wasn't as over the top with the personality, but then there'd be instances on the sh- on the sh- on the ship where he would take it to a level that I've never seen any other cruise director go to. He, I gotta say, is an absolute force of nature. He is one of the sole reasons why I think I'm walking away from this cruise ship uh, in this sailing, thinking that this was, I mean, in one of my top five cruises of all time. The guy, it's it's just very very difficult between the mix of comedy. He's a funny off the cuff guy, just a humorous guy. They actually used him in one of the games. We'll get to the Liars Club in a little while, uh, and and just when it's time to turn up the energy, I've never seen anybody dial it up to a level he can dial it up at. And he was just informative. He was just a very very. He was the best. He was definitely the best cruise director I've ever had. And again, like I said, you know, you match that up with a ship of this size where a cruise director can have so much of a positive effect on the ship, you have the perfect storm there. So big, big shout out to Leon. So I went to the Welcome Aboard show. They had two comedians on the cruise ship. And uh, one was, ironically enough, it was a guy I've heard of, uh, Steve Simone. And he's a regular New York comic who I follow stand-up comedy. I'm a little bit of a stand-up comedy nerd. And I've heard of this guy, and he's been on the shows of people that I do follow, like Ari Shafir and things like that. And, you know, cruise ship comedians get this bad stigma about them. And I was surprised to see a name brand comic who I knew on the cruise ship. Now, I wasn't necessarily very familiar with his work. Now, again, sorry, we're talking about the 0.5% that didn't make this cruise at 10 he was another one. I'm not gonna I mean, listen. We're being real out here. I don't know if he had a bad week or he was a little off, but he was just not funny. Uh, I thought I was like, "Wow, I'm in for a treat here." This is a guy who gets co-signed by some of my favorite comedians, but he was just he, his jokes were all about pizza and professional wrestling. Now I don't know if it was just because they had the clamps on him and he had to go innocent, but he seemed a little corny and a little like he was more or less. It would have seemed weird if he did get edgy or dirty. Now, the other comedian, uh, forgive me if I forgot his last name, but his first name was CJ. C-E-E-J-A-Y. And he was funny. Like, he was that regular edgy style kind of comedy that I'm used to on Carnival cruise ships. And to his credit, too, man, this guy was all over the ship. This guy was living life on a cruise ship like you're supposed to, like I would if I was one of the entertainers. You saw him every day. He was he was actually trying to, you know... <laughs> He, he cruises because he likes to cruise, obviously, because he enjoys it. He is not one of those guys that just sits in his room after the show's over. We saw him at the piano bar. He, he did a little collaboration with the piano guy. I saw him at one of the deck parties at night. You know, not a stranger to kind of rolling up on a pocket here and there, as he should, and good for him. So good for CJ. But, yeah, Steve Simone, and he was just on another podcast that I listened to. Uh, and he just wasn't funny. I'm sorry. He just wasn't a funny guy, and, you know, I'll just, that's all I'll say. And that was the question that I had. If you guys remember, I was trying to figure out if the George Lopez comedy 
booking. The the George Lopez face on the punchliner had anything to do with the booking? And yes, yes, I know. Everybody's going to tell me. No, it didn't. He just lent his name to it, and that was it. I don't know if it was subconscious or whatever, but every single comic I've seen since there was no more George Lopez affiliation, it just seemed to be a little bit more kind of generic. It seemed a little bit more, you know, not a, not as not as not as good. Just at least for my taste. Maybe a lot of people when they cruise, they want to hear generic, cheesy type stand-up comedy. I'm more of a fan of the edgy comedy that seemed to be more prevalent when George Lopez was around. Again, you're gonna tell me he had nothing to do with the booking. You're probably right. Maybe he was, but it just seemed like it. So then, call it a coincidence, okay? So I was looking forward to this sailing to figure out okay does carnival still put it out there with the comedy and i think carnival you have to realize that that is your reputation in general your reputation is to be you know one of the leading cruise lines with the stand-up comedy that's one of your calling cards and i feel like it has gotten away so i was looking forward on this sailing to really sample the stand-up comedy and uh it's inconclusive because we were one for two one of them was pretty bad and on that welcome show it was bad. I'm sorry. The, the the guy was bad. He was he had people uh he was acknowledging that he was bombing at the welcome show. How do you bomb at a how do you working successful New York club comedian and you're bombing at the welcome show and acknowledging that you're bombing or oh, this side is doesn't like me. I'm sorry. This side I guess I'm more vibing with you guys. But that is what it was. He was just bad. I mean, Leon could have done another 10 minutes and blown this guy away. It was just all about he had this whole long story about what it was like ordering pizza on Friday night with the family. And I know that whole new type of comedy is in where you tell a long story with a bunch of jokes uh, on the outskirts of it. But this was just not, uh, no, he just didn't pull it off. CJ, on the other hand, absolutely. I'll talk about, just while we're on that topic, they had a thing that I hadn't seen Carnival do. I don't know if it's new. I don't know if they used to do it. They stopped doing it. They started again, or it's brand new. But the Liars Club, and the Liars Club was held in the stand-up comedy room, and uh, you sit there, and there's a panel. The three people on the panel, one is uh, a member of the cruise director staff on the entertainment staff one is leon and then one was cj the other comedian they didn't have the guy steve out there for this i'm not sure why i don't know if he's supposed to be i don't know if he refuses to or i don't know if maybe they know he's just not funny enough to do it but it was a situation where they add a word they show a word and each member of the panel the three of them have to try to convince you that they know the definition of this word that you most likely never heard of before and yeah this was a night where they did this instead of stand-up comedy and they nailed it it was freaking hysterical i mean i gotta give leon all the credit in the world because no there's nothing that was off limits with him too because i'm not going to go into details but he just is totally able to make fun of himself and the other comedians make fun of him he makes fun of himself and then he makes fun of them back and yes it got to some very very risque material and that was one of the highlights of the cruise for me was watching the liars club i thought they all did a good job i'm sure it's a little bit of a bit i'm sure there's only a certain amount of it that's uh unscripted off the cuff but even better because you know what it was very very well thought up material very very well performed material even the even the guy who wasn't the cruise director and i'm sorry i forgot his name um he's from the uk and uh he did a great job as well very very entertaining guy definitely going to be a a cruise director himself in his own right 
before too long if that if he chooses to do so now carnival again they don't blow you away with the roving entertainment uh i'll say that was even exception an exception on this cruise typically carnival seems to like to save a little bit of money where norwegian and royal caribbean they'll have three separate bands for three different occasions carnival usually has the one band that they'll send around the ship and there were multiple hats. What I liked about what I saw this time with Carnival is usually you have them kind of dressed in their Carnival uniforms with their name tags on and playing the music, just very in like a little bit of a generic fashion, even though they sound great. And I told you those, you know, you know, let's call it what it is. It's it's a lot of times it's the Filipinos that end up doing it and they're just legitimately blowing you away with how well they're playing this music. Uh, it seems on this particular ship, Carnival loosened the reins a little bit more. They let them i guess express themselves a little bit more by what they were wearing they didn't have to kind of you know wear those black on black collared shirts anymore there was one guy wearing a tank top he had a bunch of tattoos playing the drums so i thought that was cool that carnival did that so they don't necessarily have like a norwegian you'll get on the norwegian ship they'll have uh, a reggae band a latin band and a mainstream top 40 band Carnival saves a little bit with that. They'll have your roving entertainers. You know what I mean? You'll get your, you know, you'll get your guitar player. You'll get your piano guy, and you'll get your band. But this, this carnival seems to not necessarily crush you with that. But in this regard, for this sailing, they did a good job. The band was awesome, and the guitar player. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really catch the piano player much but the guitar player was right up my alley he was a little bit older of a guy and he was playing some b like some some deep cuts from jimmy buffett he went into some country a lot he played a lot of acoustic versions of mainstream songs that kind of maybe gave him a little bit more of an acoustic-y folky type of a feel he was playing enrique iglesias and i, I liked his version of i can be a hero kind of put a little bit more like like I guess a little bit more acoustic soul into it. I thought he was good and he was always in the atrium and that was a really cool experience to kind of chill in the atrium under those. Uh, it seemed like you were in a planetarium at night on the atrium because all that was really visible was a little bit of a glimpse of the, I guess the railings and then a bunch of little kind of scattered lights around. I'll post some pictures of that, uh, but he was great. And then what else? All right, so the gym, yes, I did go to the gym for three out of the five days and uh, really enjoyed it. You know, the gym was perfectly functional when you're when you're on the ship. You didn't really miss anything, you know, for that you would feel like you would miss on a big ship. Everything that you needed from the gym was there. It was a weird entryway to the gym. You go left when you walk into the spa, you open a door, then you walk down a hallway and you open up another door. And then about 10 feet from that door is another door. And then you open that up and then finally you're in the forward portion of the ship in the gym they had treadmills they had free weights they had everything you would possibly need in a gym very functional what i also like too on this ship was one of my favorite routines is to do the gym get a little workout in, do some weights and then get a steam and what they've done on a lot of the newer ships is create these crazy thermal spa routines where yes i'll say they're worth it they are worth it because you know, you have the philosophy pool, the multiple different steam rooms, and then just kind of like that hot room where you kind of chill out on those uh, cement cement chairs and just enjoy the heat and just enjoy just very, very therapeutic. So I do enjoy those. And when they bang you for 150 on that, that's well worth it. But I'm not going to say anything. It was kind of nice to not get banged over. I could do the same thing. There was a sauna and a steam room right next to each other. 
very, very basic, and you can get it. I think on the newer ships, they remove them from there because they want to bang you over the head with the th- with the thermal package. So if you want steam rooms uh, and sauna is at all, you got to upgrade that 150, and then you get access to the, all the stuff, so it is worth it. But it was also nice to not have to upgrade on anything, and you get the free sauna and the free steam room. And then you walk out of there ready to take on the day. You get your coffee. You get your little fruit breakfast, or in this case, I, I was doing the big breakfast on this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Normally on the cruise ships, I like to maybe skip breakfast and maybe just sneak in a couple of pieces of melon. But uh, no, I was like, you know what? Let's eat. So I was eating good breakfast, whether it was in the in the uh, buffet or whether it was at the Blue Iguana Cantina. Gym situation overall great. I didn't do anything with the spa, but other than that, it was it was cool. I definitely did do a lot of catching up on work. I was at the laptop a lot. I was you know kind of putting manifestos together and plans of action and giving myself a little bit more of a direction. I told you that was one of my concerns with this whole uh, project that I'm doing here would always be booked. Like, am I going in the right direction? Am I organizing myself right? Am I prioritizing properly? Am I fully aware of where I want to exist in this, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcasting, whether it's Instagram, whether it's live versus not live, whether it's Instagram live versus Facebook live versus YouTube live? What am I putting my where am I putting my priorities in? And I did feel like I made a good amount. I, I, I made a lot of sense of that. So I enjoyed that. They had a nice omelet station and breakfast center for early uh, late risers, I should say. And they did that right in that staging area. Like I said, that little griddle area that's between Blue Iguana Cantina and Guy's Burger. I thought that was really, really cool and really, really functional. Another free aspect besides the pizza, and like I said, Carnival has the best pizza at sea in my opinion. I'll say on this cruise, this sailing, the the pizza, it was a little soggy at times, still flavor-wise, flavor profile-wise. It was absolutely as delicious as ever, but it was a little sometimes difficult depending upon when you get it out or how long they cooked it to pull a piece apart and then be able to actually fold it. Still blows away anything you're going to get at Sorrento's or anything on Norwegian. But yeah, if you're going to kind of nitpick, the Pizza Pirate was really, really good. The best I've had it when it was on Splendor. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I didn't enjoy it as much on the horizon. I think the thin crust is the way to go. But if you're going to go thin crust, it's got to hold up. So you got to really, really... Um, you know, crisp up that dough so that it can hold up to the cheese and the sauce, uh, which they could have did a better job with that. But that's me nitpicking because the t- the pizza was absolutely delicious. And then uh, rounding out the free stuff on the Lido deck, I think the most underrated thing that nobody talks about Carnival cruise ships is the deli. The deli is absolutely phenomenal. You can get uh, I was actually disappointed watching them make. I got turkey and avocado sandwich. And I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be on that big piece of rye bread. No, it was on a little like pumpernickel roll. But... It was very, very filling, and it was very delicious, and that sandwich I had was one of the best sandwiches I had all week. Another day, I went back, and I got a Cuban, delicious. I saw some of the other stuff. They were doing meatball heroes out of there. They were giving you cookies. They were giving fries with everything. I will say, just again, going back into the point five that I didn't like, uh, they left one employee there for dead a couple of times, and it was like, you see there's a line all the way wrapped around, and I looked across the room, and I saw the pizza pirate had a line also, and sometimes I just have this conspiracy, 
call me a conspiracy Tommy over here, but I feel like sometimes they leave the one person back there and tell them, don't rush because A, you know, people are going to see that line and they're going to be discouraged by it. They're not going to get on it and then you'll ultimately save some food costs. That's just my little theory there that I think might happen. I've seen it happen before in just other areas of business. All right, the crowd on this ship, it was fun. A wild crowd, but a fun crowd. There was some things that you'd see. One of the ladies at dinner... (laughs) This is hysterical. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't rat anybody out. At the end of dinner, I actually witnessed one of the people that we were eating with stuff one of those. I guess they look like they're for show. If you sit on the table, I don't know what they're called. Maybe the bread plate. Maybe that's what it's called. I'm not a freaking, I don't know. But they're sitting there and uh, they are themed out. They have little different names of cities on them with a little design design that, that represents the city. They had like, you know. Bourbon Street was one, and it said New Orleans on it. One was uh, the Space Needle. It said Seattle. One was uh, Miami. It had Ocean Drive on it and little kind of graphics from Ocean Drive. They were cool little plates and whatever. I barely even noticed them. One lady we were sitting with at dinner uh, decides, oh, Seattle. I'm sorry. Normally, I never do this. I'm not proud of it, but I'm a huge fan of Seattle, and I'm stealing this plate. And she put the plate down the back of her pants. Literally, I mean, shamelessly put the plate down the back of her pants. And uh, we just watched her walk away. And you could see, you know, she was the first person to leave dinner that night. And she had an imprint of a plate of Seattle in the back of her pants at her butt. And I was just like, this just really happened. Okay. There was occasionally there was weed smell coming coming from bingo. Listen, you could say it's not. You could say you're imagining it. Are you sure? Guys, I ran in nightclubs for a long time. When the weed breaks out in the nightclub, when they're not supposed to be doing that, you automatically know it's there. Now, is there a chance that... No, it was, it was weed. It was, it was weed coming from somebody's vape pen that they snuck on board, and there was weed smell coming out of the... the uh, that was a first for me. One of the most hysterical things that happened, uh, <laughs> I laughed my ass off. I couldn't get enough of this. There was... We were sitting at the atrium... It was uh, during the day. It was very, very quiet. The guitar guy was playing, and he was playing this ballad. I can't tell you what song it is, but it is along the lines of what I Can Be Your Hero, which is, if you know the song, it's a very, very slow, you know, cheek-to-cheek, Sweet 16 wedding dancing song. You know, when they slow it down for a couple's dance, that's what you play. So this guy's up there. And he's strumming away, and he's just like very, very slow. And everybody, it's quiet. Everybody's kind of into the performance. He's just like very, very nice, and you're kind of in that little bit of a zone. We all probably got a couple of drinks in us, and we're like, this guy clearly has his eyes closed singing. He's putting his all his feeling into it. Uh, there's just a little bit of a vibe there. There's just a mood there that everybody's just chill, listening to this guy pour out his soul to his version, acoustic version of "I Could Be Your Hero." by uh, Enrique Iglesias. And then, out of nowhere, while he's pouring his heart out, you just hear from what is probably the third deck up, you hear, Hey, James! James! Booming, echoing through the atrium, over this guy. I can be your hero. James! Do they got any white down there? James is like uh, James is down there. What? I can't hear you. Do they got Henny White down there? I, I. It was a beautiful moment. It was so beautiful. It was so perfect. 
because it was straight out of a TV show, like Larry David or whatever. It was probably one of the funniest organic moments of the entire cruise ship because it just this guy was literally trying to just get his heart out there and sing the song and there's somebody screaming asking down below booming in the deepest voice you could hear sounded like and he was huge too he was like six seven two eighty do they got Henny white down there and james is horribly embarrassed because he doesn't realize the guy upstairs the guy who's three decks above doesn't feel the magnitude of the emotion that's going on down there he doesn't realize it it almost like reminded me of nick on uh, Green Cup Monday when we were at the piano bar when I convinced the piano player in the piano bar to play his own original music and he's doing that. Nick, the whole thing is lost on Nick and he just starts interrupting the guy's personal, private, uh, private, uh, his original song screaming, play Michelle Branch. You won't do it. Play Michelle Branch. You won't do it. And I'm like, Nick, 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 Nick. The guy's, the guy's, pouring his heart out here it was a very very similar situation and things like that i don't know maybe it's it's that 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 tickles my uh sense of humor nerve uh hugely but all right as i go down this list i want to kind of take a little bit of a break because as mentioned before we were really lucky enough to sit down with sammy b who is the entertainment director on board carnival paradise she gave us a great 10 minutes uh and it was a pleasure to sit down with her she's again same thing with her and working together with leon you could tell between those two people uh between those two souls the the entertainment on that ship is in really really good hands and the ship overall in general is in really really good hands just so long as those two people those two individuals are on it handling most of the entertainment um but uh yeah without further ado let's just play that interview real quick all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back always be booked podcast we are on board live carnival paradise with sammy b sammy is the entertainment director on carnival paradise welcome to the show sammy Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And thank you for participating. I wanted to, I guess, first start off asking you a little bit about what the day-to-day was of an entertainment director on board. Wow. You know, uh, it kind of starts uh, pretty early. I think that was the main thing when I got this uh, job. I realized that uh, you don't get a lot of sleep. Right, and that's okay because I wouldn't have it any other way. But so we start off in the morning and we do a bit of a round, a walk around the ship. So as an ED, we have the responsibility over the music department, uh, the playlist cast, as well as uh, the fun squad, the cruise director, the media manager, as well as uh, the entertainment technical manager. So that first morning walk is absolutely imperative just to see that all the stages are in the right condition, that we're applying that HESS standard, which basically means everything safe and secure and uh, from there I uh, got to have that coffee Tommy got to have that absolutely okay so who do you directly report to for me it's the hotel director so that's the big boss that's just below the captain so uh, he is my first point of call okay so the cruise director theoretically you guys all work together but a partner but he technically reports to you is that right I am his boss okay well, <laughs> there you go nice all right um, so what was your journey on your way to the carnival paradise So, uh, as I said, I I did do a radio career, so I had a show, and uh, I also managed a radio station for about six years. Uh, But just prior to that, I actually studied law, which was 
very different. Um, but throughout my life, I was a professional ballet dancer. So from little to that age, I did ballet. I started singing professionally, so and acting at the same time. So everything that has happened in my life has led me to this point. I got to a stage where I just wasn't feeling fully satisfied by what I was getting from my radio job. I knew that I had to do something different. I wanted to see the world. So um, I literally just applied online and uh, within three months they'd gotten back to me and three months after that I was standing on my first ship. When you say that, it sounds just like entertainment is the perfect word. It's just a well-rounded, all-around entertainment background. Is that correct? 100%. Just because of uh, all the experience that has happened in my life, I couldn't think of anything better for me as a person. No, it sounds right. Let me ask you, let's switch gears over, I guess, to ship life in general. Can you, I know I'm kind of springing this on you, but can you tell us anything that we may not know about ship life, what it's like to live on a ship? Wow. Um, All right. So I'm sure a lot of you guys know that uh, we do have cabins that contain usually about two people per cabin. Sometimes uh, we do also have shared cabins that can take up to four people uh, with a shared bathroom as well. Um, But in terms of ship life, it's an interesting one because it almost feels like I'm back at university because everyone is linked with everyone and we all have such close relations. So, um, you know, in terms of we have a crew party that happens twice uh, every single month, uh, bingo that happens behind the scenes. And uh, so a new thing that's coming out now, which I thought is really, really important, is we're starting to have counseling that's coming into it because uh, we're starting to see, you know, ship life can be really hard. It, it can really, like hit home and sometimes you don't have any uh, communication with family so that that counseling is really really important Um, and what else we have a crew medical that has to happen every two years and uh, if you don't pass that medical you won't be hired by carnival okay well that makes sense so this you probably haven't heard my show but it's kind of a little bit of an offbeat irreverent look at cruising we are kind of uh, fascinated by a lot of the behind the scenes stuff we hear the parties are out of control is that true or not which parties are we talking about Tommy are you uh, I mean you I think maybe you know the parties I'm talking about the parties that we are not invited to as guests I heard it gets a little crazy down there is that true or no look what we need to remember is that crew members are still people, right? And uh, this, this lifestyle, so if you can imagine uh, coming out and spending every single day um, greeting people, saying hello, giving them all of your love possible. Um, and we do get a lot of flack from you guys. Like, Oi. sometimes uh, I can leave my day of work and feel absolutely shattered. I mean, the things I've been called and I've seen it happen to my, my fellow um, employees. Uh, so these parties are there so that our crew members can let off steam. Um, to say that, you know, absolutely they go and they have a good time. But we do have a new alcohol policy that's come into play. And that means that uh, we are only allowed to consume one beverage at a time and uh, yeah they've really cracked down on that so you know to say that they're crazy I don't think they're any crazier than what you would expect at a guest club Um, and uh, I I think that we're pretty good we have high morals and we look after each other so uh, but we do like to have our fun and you know let us some steam so that that's what's most important for us you know oh I hope you didn't take that as me judging that at all because I am all I'm a big huge of letting off steam and having fun. I've been in the nightclub business for, you know, 20 years, so I'm all for it. I just kind of, you know, 
we've heard that it got to a certain level. There's books that have been written from former cruise line employees. I don't know if they are like, you know, slanderous or whatever, but it just seems like you guys are having some fun. That's all I meant. And as you should, you're 100% right. The level of um, hard work you guys put in, very, very well deserving of it. What is, so in your day-to-day, what's an example of something that can throw Sammy's day off? Well... Make a list? Is there a list? Um, it's all coming to me now. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a, a program on board that is called the I Care Program. And that is when we have complaints from guests that go straight through to guest services. These are complaints that are very uh, big, important complaints. So we get a few of these at cruise. Um, and these are the things that throw me because my job is to rectify any problems that come on board and at the end of the day my most important thing is the guest's happiness and satisfaction so what can throw me is if a guest feels that we don't have the appropriate uh, material or entertainment on board um, perhaps they have a bad encounter with someone in entertainment that is going to throw my day because I need to now uh, have a hearing with that person as well as the person complaining so those kind of interactions are going to throw me. But there are also other things, like um, recently one of our uh, dancers dislocated his knee while he was on stage. That uh, was really tough. But we also had a, a show stop happen recently. That threw me. And uh, there have been a few instances where you have problems, crew members having some arguments with the entertainment. We've got big personalities, so uh, people are super sensitive, so that needs to be nipped in the bud. Uh, those are the main things. but. You know, at the end of the day, it's you got to say, is the juice, juice worth the squeeze? And it totally is. It seems like it. It seems like it. All right, I'm going to get you out of here. I know you got a lot of stuff to get to. One more question. Where will we see you after you graduate from the ridiculously amazing job you're doing as entertainment director? Well, Tommy, my dream is to work for Carnival uh, Entertainment at the Miami office. Um, my, my absolute dream is to end up being an MEO. So... Uh, Look after the entertainment for a fleet of ships and uh, just to work with Carnival uh, Shoreside because I really want to live on land and do, I want to stay with Carnival forever. So that is my dream. Awesome. Well, judging from your energy, it seems like you are not going to be able to be stopped. So congratulations and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Tommy. All of the best. We'll see you again on a Carnival cruise. Yes, you will. All right. Once again, that was Sammy B. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Again, thank you to Sammy B. Thank you for the whole week. It was absolutely tremendous and had an amazing time. All right. So let's move on. So I want to get into a story here. And this was the night four story. let's, Let's do this. Let's reset our expectations here because this was an amazing night. It was great. But... I'm trying to think. Maybe you had to be there to really understand like what was so great about it. But this is this is what started happening. So, like I said, I didn't buy the drink package. I figured if I'm getting free drinks in the casino, maybe ride that out. While I didn't want to make this a gambling trip, you're still getting free drinks in the casino. Couple that with the fact that you know you can pay for up to two hundred and fifty dollars worth of drinks. And have it still be worth it if as long as you're getting your your as long as you're getting your fill with drinks. If you're gonna spend less than 150 bucks, it's still worth it, right? Or 250 bucks, it's still worth it. So I decided against the drink package. So that was the rub. I really didn't want to go on this trip spending a ton of money. Like you guys know, I am kind of trying to battle it out here on land and trying to get this new venture going. Don't have a full time day job yet, so I'm very very I'm very very cost conscious on this ship on this sailing. So. 
I don't really want to spend so much money. I decide that I am going to look for the table with the lowest minimum that's somewhat like blackjack, and I see Fun 21. I never played Fun 21 before in my life, and uh, we're going to go back to day two here for a second. So I sit down, and I start playing Fun 21. It's very, very similar to blackjack with some wacky just curveball rules like they remove all the tens from the deck and you know you can double down whenever you want uh if you do hit 21 they pay you as if you got a blackjack automatically so that those types of things are just there so i'm rolling with that so the first night i go up 65 bucks so that's another reason so throw that into drink money right so i'm drinking free in the casino and i won 65 bucks I went on this cruise ship with 400 bucks. That's it, 400 bucks. Yes, I had the money that was connected to my card, but uh, I really wanted to see if I could just figuratively not spend more than 400 bucks on this ship. So now I'm up to 465 bucks because I, I, I got my three or four drinks in, went to dinner, and now I'm up 65 bucks. So I'm in good shape and I'm feeling like I don't need to get the drink package because it's day two and you could still get the drink package on day two. But now I just kind of made the decision that I'm not going to. Stayed away from the tables for day three and then day four I decide that I am going to have a couple of drinks before dinner, which means, okay, you got to gamble. So I go to the casino and I sit down. I see phone 21 because I kind of enjoyed it. So I sit down and I'm dealing with this dealer who was honestly an amazing guy. He started asking me what my deal was, told him I was cruising solo. He's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, you know, you get to do whatever you want, go wherever you want. He was a, it looked like he was a little like Indian type, Middle Easterner, but he was from South Africa and did have the South African sort of like accent or whatever. Great guy. He was explaining to me the rules along the way. He was helping me out, you know, getting me uh, hipped up on all the uh, nuances. He was going, you know, and it was me one-on-one with him, which I typically don't like to do because, you know, a lot of times the game moves a little faster and whether it's good or bad, you can, you know, you can win money fast, but you could also lose money really, really fast because there's nobody else there. So this guy was very, very good at what he did. So he was kind of keeping me there and uh, talking to me the whole way. And then he's like, you know, you're here for, and I told him, basically, I'm here for the drinks. So he grabbed a waiter, and he's like, this is my friend Tom. Uh, can you make sure that he, you know, every, what would you say, Tommy, every uh, 10 minutes? And I was like, yeah, 10 minutes is fine. So he had, now he's got the bartender. I'm the, the, and you know how it is when you're drinking in the casino, a lot of times the drinks are free. So they're not in a rush to run back to you and get you a drink. But this guy had me set up. So it was great. So I was talking about that, and I ended up, ended up telling him I was tipping him five bucks a hit. So he's, you know, not a hit. I was tipping, tipping him five bucks every 15 minutes or so. So he was enjoying that and appreciating that. And then he said, uh, you know, a lot of times people don't tip. And I was like, yeah, I know. But a lot of times dealers aren't necessarily that nice. And he's like, that's crazy to me. And I was like, yeah, I agree with it. He's like, because we don't make any more money if you lose. And I'm like, yeah, but still, having said that, I've definitely sat down with dealers that really make no bones about the fact that they're on the side of the cruise ship and, you know, they're not in your corner. You win or you're on your own. So he's like, ah, oh. he's like, it's kind of strange. Yeah, we hate when we have dealers like with us like that because they end up costing us money because nobody's going to tip them and we split our tips or whatever. All that stuff made sense to me and we were just, you know, the guy was just great. He was a sweetheart of a guy and it was a pleasure to, to be playing with him. So 
that was just the start. And I'm up money. So I'm up like maybe at this point, I'm up like 125 bucks, feeling good. Now you got to keep things in perspective because in perspective, because I'm playing six dollar hands here. And uh I'm like, you know, pissed because I feel like I'm on a hot streak. And usually for what I used to play with, $25, $50 hands, I'm feeling like I'm walking away with at least, you know, fifteen hundred bucks. But I gotta remember, you're playing six dollar hands, so you're uh <laughs> You know, your $800 walk away is now like a $100 walk away or whatever. So I'm up like 150 160 bucks, And then unfortunately, people, no, not unfortunately, but people start sitting down. And then he, unfortunately, he has to go. So they move him and they send this other guy in. Now there's another guy sitting next to me, a little bit of a high roller. Not sure why he's playing Fun 21 if he's, you know, betting 60 bucks a hand at $6 tables. But nevertheless, that's what he's doing. And he tells me this guy's good. I look at the guy, oh, this happened before anybody else sat down. It's still me and this new guy one-on-one. So he doesn't seem right. He seems a little off. And he tells me, too much tequila. He looks at me. And I go, too much tequila? I'm like, you mean last night? I like, I know how those parties get down there. And he's like, no, right now, too much tequila. And he is having a little trouble. I'm laughing. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever gotten a drunk dealer before, but this guy was drunk and he was uh, trying to deal and he was like, he didn't get anything wrong, but he was taking a little bit longer time to count the cards together and kind of, you know, and he seemed a little bit wobbly and he was definitely holding on to the, you know, to the table. Uh, He wasn't like being, it wasn't like, it was a little subtle. But he told me he was drunk. Maybe he was doing a bit. Maybe he was absolutely fine and just trying to entertain me with a routine. But uh, he seemed a little—he seemed a little off. So then it was a pretty good vibe with this guy. Still, I was still kind of breaking even from that initial 150. Uh, he was a little tougher. The guy who was the high roller sat next to me. He said, "This guy's tough. He crushed me last night." But they were still all in good fun. We're not getting crazy or anything like that yet. But then. They tap this guy on the shoulder and they relieve him. So then in comes this new girl, this brunette. <clears throat> she didn't look like she. Um, she looked like she meant business. So it was just ironic that we were talking about some dealers are with you, some dealers are not. Uh, most of the time they should be with you because they stand to make. But this woman sits down and now by now there's another lady on my left, an older lady, and she was helping me out a lot because she. Knows Fun 21 back and forward, and she plays it a lot. So she was kind of giving me the ins and outs of it, and I was kind of vibing with her. And ironically enough, her husband was on the other side of me. I offered to move so they could sit together, but they could care less. So we all started playing together with a couple other people, and the table started getting a little crowded. But this woman was just not very nice, and she was clearly one of those people who... Was not. It wasn't usually a deal. It was good luck. Usually, when they take your money, they're like, "Oh, you know, sorry." You know, sometimes, sometimes they don't. But she was uh, just not not on our team, you could say. And it seemed like it was just strange. And this is a real thing with dealers. Some of them legitimately come to the table with a lot of anger and resentment, and it's always what they they got going on versus what you got going on. They don't hate you automatically, but they're just not happy when they they like something about when they could take all the people's money. There's just a little satisfaction that they get. So this was clearly one of those women, and uh, she was at the table for about an hour, and we were battling with her, going back and forth, and then she started beating us down, and uh, I was probably down 
probably put all that 150 back plus another 200 and uh she was just not <laughs> she was like seemed to get the more we would lose the happier she would seem to get and uh the lady next to me was making note of it she's like look look at how happy she is yeah she's just not and we're just not mixing words at all because we're losing money what do we care if she hears us and we're just saying and then some guy we lo- i just lost a big hand again so i was down 300 and some guy walked by that i guess she works with and she just smiled this big bright smile hi and I'm like, look at her, she's, you know, still smiling. And I said to the lady next to me, look at her, still smiling. And then she looked at me, she's like, I'm smiling at him. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know you're smiling at him, but you're still smiling. <laughs> so as if to say, you know what, just don't smile. We're getting our asses kicked here, whatever. But it was back and forth. And then she's like, what is your problem? I'm like, no, 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 there's no problem. I'm just saying you're smiling. And then she got very contentious. I almost feel like she was kind of wanting that conflict there so she can kind of just like, I don't know, some people just hate their jobs. It is what it is. Nothing you can really do about it. But then um, I uh, I said, you're right. You're right. My bad. Sorry about that. I, I probably should have just, you know, let you do your thing. And then the lady next to me was like, no, screw her. You said you didn't say anything wrong. And I'm just like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But this lady just had rage for this woman. This this lady next to me had rage for the dealer. She was taking a beating. But, yeah, it's just certain, a certain way as a, as a dealer, you're not helping the situation by your mannerisms and how you kind of just seem to be happy when we lose and, you know, not good luck and celebratory when we win and th- things like that. So now... Since me and her had that little exchange, the table vibe is weird. And you don't want a bad vibe at the table. It's just not, you're, just, you know, you're not going to win. It's all about, to me, it's like if you're gambling, it's all about the vibe. And everybody's happy and it just creates this synergy where all of a sudden, you know, money's going to start coming your way. Clearly, it's just me kind of thinking that. It's not necessarily the case, but it's just in my mind. So that's what I'm saying. So uh, <clears throat> we continue to play. I tip her another five bucks. I say to her, hey, I'm sorry about that. I probably, you know. You're allowed to smile at your friends, so it's maybe you should. And I'm just trying to take the higher road. And she was like, thank you very much. And then from then on, we got along very, very well. And she wanted to keep her angry exterior. But then the little subtleties about her wanting me to win started going in my favor. For instance, she wouldn't smile. She wouldn't congratulate. She wouldn't wish you good luck. But I could tell just by the fact that we had that little makeup session that she would if she gave me an ace, she would give me the tap. She would give me the little good luck tap, which was unheard of before I gave her the tip and the apology. And, you know, the lady next to me still hated her. And I was still like, yeah, she's clearly miserable. But there was just a little unspoken thing where me and her made up. And because and she she basically showed it by doing that. So now we're into it now. Now we're about an hour and a half, two hours into gambling. Now I'm realizing, okay, dinner's out the window. At least I'll make the deck party. That's going to go on at 1030. No problem. So we're still gambling with this woman for a while. I'm battling. I'm still down. Probably about 100 bucks, But I'm still within range. I'm, I'm okay. If I, I'm thinking if I lose you know, a couple of hundred bucks, I don't want to go more than 200 maybe 300 bucks. We could deal with that. But that's pretty much it. So now I'm still continuing to play. And um, she gets substituted for. And... Sorry. Listen, we don't mince words here. So anytime we've like really gone to war, it's it's kind of been like and it's I say it comedically. It's always been like I wanna say like uh 
Eastern European type, you know, those no-nonsense. What do you always They put them in movies. They usually make them the bad guys in the movies, too. So I'm not saying nothing out of character, but it's usually like a, you know, like a Russian-ish type of person. Or there was definitely one guy who I got kicked out of the casino for because he literally flat out told me, you know, like Ivan Drago. He said to me, I hope you lose. I am here for the casino. I work for casino. I root for the casino to win. Your luck is on your own. And I'm like, is that real? So I flipped out on him. Whatever. That was a bad night. So now let's rewind to the fact that this guy told me to bring drinks. The, the guy told me to, uh, the guy told the waiter to bring me drinks every 10 minutes. And this guy is doing that. So I'm drinking. Now I'm on like eight, nine drinks at this one sitting. Uh, at certain points of the night, it almost becomes comedy because there's two or three drinks because I'm forgetting that I have that other drink coming. So I'll, waiter will come by and I'll order a drink. Meanwhile, the guy who was instructed to bring me the, drink every 10 minutes he shows up on time too so now i got two and a half drinks sitting there and people are looking at me like oh what's this guy's what's this guy's deal so now i'm having a whole scenario where i'm trying to put make room for all my drinks um arguing with the casino dealers it's just a mess but then in comes this killer and she has a look on her face like she just wants us all dead I mean, and she was a pretty girl too, a pretty, you know, brown haired girl, but just this, just, she had a Russian accent or, you know, and she was just no nonsense. And then now everybody else at the table is like, uh oh, we're in trouble now. So she comes in and starts speed dealing and going fast. And she's getting yelled at now. So the table, the people on the my left, the lady and the person on the far right, they're all yelling at her. And she's automatically in contention with them she's slowing down at their request but then within two hands later she's speeding up again i'm getting my ass kicked now mind you i was almost out i forgot to tell you this all right so while all this is going on we do you know she's going fast she's speeding up slowing down you know not wishing us luck at all we also said i i'll do a test like that i'll throw it out there and i'll ask her it's like you're with us right you want us to win She's like, what are you talking about? Uh, and this is what happened. I was like, you want, you're want you on our team, right? The last lady, you know, you're on our team. You want us to do well, everybody. She's like, yeah, that's on you. Your luck is up to you. Like, she couldn't even muster up to say, yeah, I hope you do well. Good luck. Even when asked point blank, can you can you help us out? You know, can you can you can you can you be in the mix with us a little bit? You know, it sounds stupid and silly because it's all luck anyway, but if you sit at a table and you gamble, this is kind of what you want. You want the right energy from the dealer. It is what it is. Uh, so she's not giving us anything back, nothing. But also, she's speed dealing and continuing to speed deal. So then the lady next to me is just like, I, I gotta, I gotta get up. I can't, I can't deal with this if she's not gonna slow down at all. So I was like, okay, I said it too. I was like, okay, can you slow down a little bit? She, can you slow down? And she's like, what, what is the problem? And then she actually slows down. And then she goes, is this slow enough for you? Meanwhile, it's not me. It's everybody at the table is like she's whizzing past. And she just starts slowing down. And now she's completely miserable. Now it's war. She hates us. We hate her. And she's not a good feeling. And I don't know if it's going to change. And then she continues to speed deal. And then we all had a good hand and she busted. Okay, so she speed deals. We all have a good hand. She busts. She looks at us as a table and goes, how was that for speed? Are you happy with the speed on that deal? And I said, no, we're not happy with the speed on that deal. We're happy that we won, but we all still wish you would go slower. And she's like, how slow do you want me to go? I'm like, man, now, I mean, there's drinks here. You know what I mean? So if you're going to keep poking me, 
I'm going to come back. I'm like, how about you just deal? How about you just deal, and we'll just see what we can do here from here. Let's let's stop the dialogue. We clearly don't get along. And the guy next to me looks at me and goes, hey, man, why don't you chill out? (laughs) So this is what's going on now. We have dealers fighting with guests. We have guests fighting with guests. I'm smashed, so what do you think I'm going to say to that? You think I'm going to be like, you're right, man. I never looked at it like that. Maybe I chill out. No, that's not what happened. I looked at the guy, and I said, excuse me? He goes, why don't you chill out? I'm like, how about I don't chill out? How about you don't ever tell me to chill out? How's that? And I, and I, and I looked back at the dealer, and then I looked back at him again. I go, ever? Do not. I couldn't think of anything else to say. I'm drunk, and I'm just pissed off because I'm losing money. By the way, I'm down 300 now. <laughs> and it's a disaster and uh i'm like i'm now i'm pissed because i got this deal that's out of control i feel like i'm speaking for the majority of the crowd and this guy just addresses me and i just two or three times i just kept looking at him ever tell me to chill out just sit here and tell me to chill out now he's just sitting there not even responding to me so then <laughs> i'm realizing that i really don't have much to say but then i just say to the guy like five minutes later because I don't again I don't want a bad vibe at the table so I look at him again and I say hey man I just want to ask you I was just kind of talking for the table and he looked at me he stopped me he's like hey man I I also realized that I I probably shouldn't have said that I probably shouldn't have told you to chill out and I said to him okay I really appreciate you saying that and you know what I apologize to you if I flew off the handle a little bit so if I was wrong I was wrong I apologize and then, so me and him are cool now. Now we're just rooting for each other, going out of our way to root for each other. You know, everything's good. And then this is what happens. I go down 300, uh, no, I go down to 400 bucks. Now I'm down $400, everything, and, and, and then some. So I'm down 400 bucks. I go, before I get up, I ask for another 100 bucks. So now it's going to be an even five if I lose. And I say, give me a black. And the black is $100. So this is a $6 minimum. And I'm going from like five, uh, 6 to $10 hands here. I take the $100 chip and put it on the hand. And that's it. So I'm like, all right, either this, is, this night's over or I'm going to slowly make my way back. So... <laughs> I put the $100 down for the bet, and everybody else is looking at me like, there's $6 here, there's eleven, $10 here, $25 here. I put a black down, it's 100 bucks. Thankfully, I win. Boom, now I got 200 bucks. So now, I just win 200 bucks, and I'm getting along with this other guy. I tell her to give me the second 100 and all smaller bills so I can kind of maybe start going back down to six and ten dollar hands and work my way back slow so then i start tipping i tip her five bucks and this chick is so miserable nobody else at the table's tipping and i'm giving her five bucks just because all right we're at war we're trying to do the energy right and innocent out let me just give her she took the five bucks from me every time i gave, gave her five bucks she took it pissed off not even a look up, and that's not changing my my philosophy. I'm still tipping five dollars every couple of minutes because I just want the energy to be good. Doesn't matter the fact that she looks like she's on the verge of a breakdown and ready to freaking throw herself overboard. I'm still gonna tip her five bucks. Doesn't mean anything to me. So then she continues to go on and on. Now what is it now? Eleven, eleven thirty. No, there's no deck party. <laughs> I'm still in a fight for my life here. I want to win back this money, and uh. See where we can go. So, uh, 
<laughs> we continue to battle. We're fighting. And then she continues to speed up. Clearly, she's just trying to piss us off now. She's ignoring all things and going fast. The guy who initially said, uh, told me to chill out, got up and she said, and he said, I got to get out of here. And I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going, man? We got a crew here. He's like, man. And he looked at her and he goes, I'm sorry. It's just too fast. You're going too fast. He was very polite. He says, maybe it's just me. And then I saw her eyes. Something different happened with her eyes. Because in her mind, she's like, this is the guy who was on my side. He was defending me. And uh, now he's getting up. And she just snapped. She goes, no, no, I guess it's too fast. You're not the only one who's saying it. I'm too fast. I'm too and then, and then my whole mode went from even just being kind to like just being even more kind. And I looked at her dead in the eyes. I go, and I know she hates me. She wants me dead. She would, you know, we, we, she, she can't stand me. But I, 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 I saw what was about to happen. I know when somebody's about to have a complete and total breakdown. I've seen it before in their eyes. And she was at that level she was starting to well up now it's it's all internal like nobody's abusing her it's just the energy that's not going right and she lost the one and i i looked at Denny. i was like hey hey and i and she she looked at me and i just looked at her i go hey listen to me you're having a bad day at work all right that's all this is it's a bad day at work you know how many bad days of work i had it's all it is just take a breath it's a bad night okay it's a bad night kind of appreciated that she looked like it because it did seem to kind of like work and calm her down and she did slow down the dealing a little bit we never had that moment where she started wishing me good luck she never came back to the point where you know what i know she's on my side i don't think that ever happened i don't think that ever will happen for me and her but at the same time i i recognized that she was about to have a crisis and i felt bad so i just tried to do whatever i could to just try to maybe see like you know what you know nobody wants to feel like this so let's just calm down i just you know stepped in and then i just honestly i'm not gonna lie i felt good about that i felt like i did something good because she did calm down and she still probably hated me but she did calm down and she did start dealing the cards at a slower pace and i of course i'm not that naive to think that all the stars align you're nice to people good things happen no matter what but what i will say is that i came back another hundred another hundred another hundred till i won all back i won all 400 back and then i went up another 180 so i i was dead i was down 400 won it all back plus another 180 and i felt good and then i got up now when they changed dealers i decided i'm gonna get up and that was it that was the gambling for the night i walked away feeling so good of course the fact that you know you just went on a 650 dollars swing or whatever it was that makes you feel good but i know that i helped her that that felt good to me because i know i looked her dead in the eye and we didn't we weren't friends we weren't getting along but i know i definitely just hey keep this all in perspective you know what i'm saying it feels like right now that you know the ceiling is about to collapse on you but really in all all it is is it's a bad night. It's not going to be your first. It's not your first. It's not going to be your last. So that felt good. And then I get up. So I get up, and now it's about twelve forty-five, whatever it is, twelve thirty. I don't even know what time it is. And uh, I start stumbling around the ship, smashed, won my money back plus one one eighty, and I'm feeling good. So I'm thinking, all right, let me just go to the club. I haven't experienced the nightclub yet. I'll go check that out. So I go uh, walk over. 
down Carnival Boulevard, and I see there's nothing, absolutely nothing going on in the club. I'm kind of fine with that, but I'm still like, half of me is like ready to go to bed, but half of me is like, you know, I'd like to see if I can get into something. So I'm walking around the ship, continuously past the nightclub, and I walk into an empty comedy club room. I forgot the name. The Normandy was the theater. This room, I forgot the name of it, but it was the general use room that they used the comedy for and things like that. So I walk into that room. There's nobody in that room either, but the bartender is still there. So I go up to the bartender, and I just say to him, I was like, you know, I know it's late, but I'm just looking for anything. Is there any action going on on the ship whatsoever? So I, uh, he says, yeah, right on the other side of that door. Now, interestingly enough, on this ship, the entrance to the Serenity Deck is through that comedy club room. The minute you go out that door of the comedy club room, a, a setup that I've never seen on any ship before. I'm sure it's not the only one, but I've never seen it. You walk out, and you're onto the Serenity Deck. And that, that particular night, I hadn't seen it in the fun times or anything like that, but there was a party with the DJ going on on the Serenity Deck. Who did I see out there? A bunch of guys, bunch of girls, saw the comedian CJ out there partying it up. It was an energy, it was energy, it was a vibe. Like they were definitely partying out there and I'm like this is freaking great. I just walked up on this. This is cool. Now, again, when I go to a nightclub now, it's a lot different than when I used to go to a nightclub 15 years ago. 15 years ago, you couldn't get it packed enough. 15 years ago, I was going to play the numbers. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, by any stretch of the imagination, I was ever a ladies' man, leading man character that would go out there and have the girls fighting over them. But at the same time, you're young, you got the swagger, and you got that level of confident aggressiveness that you're going to go out there and you're eventually going to, you know, see what happens. And you're probably going to, if you take enough shots, you're going to end up where you want to be with somebody. Um, nowadays, I don't do that. You know, call it whatever you want. Maybe it's just feeling like I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe it's feeling I don't have the confidence anymore. Maybe as an older guy, you shouldn't be as, a, as, as on the prowl as you normally are. So I typically don't do that anymore whatsoever. And this was not going to be any different. Ha- having said that, I still enjoy the atmosphere on a certain occasion here, occasion here and there. So I get my drink. I walk to the all the way aft of the ship. Now I sit down in a chair, and now I'm facing what is the, I guess, impromptu dance floor that's going on. And there's about 80 to 100 people out there, and he's playing great music. There is an energy out here. It's uh, it's going off, kind of, and people are having a good time. The dance floor is, you know, I'm setting the scene, right? And then next to me, there's a pocket, a pocket of like maybe five or six people of varying ages and, you know, levels of uh, whatever, just looking to party and things like that. There were two in particular uh, ladies that were kind of closer to me than the rest of the whole kind of crew that that had developed there that I kind of took a little bit of a notice of. And I was like, oh, you know, she's and one in particular. She's pretty, you know. And uh, so I just decided that I'm just going to go cool guy mode. You know what I mean? I'm not... <laughs> And that, you know, I'm, I'm whacked. I'm here hammered. Feeling good. Just want a bunch of money. Go back there and sit down. And now I'm just going to be the one guy that sits down and kind of just observes and chills out, enjoys the enjoys the party, enjoys the scene that's going on. But then I can't help but notice the girl kind of dancing in my sort of direction, you know, not looking at me at all, but just kind of proximal to me. And I'm like, damn. You know, and I'm just like kind of enjoying that, taking a look over there every once in a while. A lot of times, you know, when you, you know, when you, when you, there's just a, a, a feeling that you get that, you know, this person is sort of in my mind and in my mind completely, I'm saying, you know, 
Tommy, you're drunk. The girl has nothing, wants nothing to do with you, but you're drunk. And, you know, just because she hasn't ran across the room the minute you sit down, you've decided that now, you know, she's into you. And no, I didn't think she was into me. I didn't. But I was like, you know what? She's not really moving away. If anything, getting a little slightly closer. So now I'm not going to hit on her overtly. But I guess I was sending some maybe nonverbals where I would kind of angle my chair a little bit that way. And there was a couple of times where in my drunkenness, I would just do a dead, you know, stare. And while the eyes never met, I could tell she knew I was looking at her. And um, that was just going on for like a half hour. And normally it could have been, you know, all right, this solo creep job is just rolling up, staring at me. Let me get out of here. Or girls, let's get out of here, go somewhere else. None of that was kind of happening. She was kind of just standing in there and taking it on and, and, and just st- staying there, dancing. And even if anything, maybe getting more demonstrative with the dancing. She did take one break to go out to the dance floor because she liked the song, immediately only to return to the same spot. So I'm thinking, clearly in your mind, you think there's something here, something's alive here, there's something. But I always continue to say to myself, you're hammered. You're just trying to relive glory days, and clearly this girl doesn't even know you're sitting here. So I was going back and forth with that. But you know what? I'm thinking also, whatever, let me live in my fantasy. I could live in my fantasy if I want. I could you know, walk away from this feeling like I had some sort of uh, omniscient connection with this girl. Now we're a half hour in. This is still going on. And a lot of you are saying, well, Tommy, just talk to her. Well, you know, no, it doesn't work like that for whatever reason. I just, it's not what I was going to do. And uh, so... I still was feeling good. I just maybe I just had a good vibe off of me because I just felt like I helped somebody out. I felt like I just won some money. I just felt like I was like you know it's things aligned. I it's like sometimes things align and I felt like I did good by this girl. I kind of felt like I walked talked her off a cliff, and I got my money back. Maybe there's a connection there with the stars aligned or whatever. So maybe I'm just you know have a little bit of a glow about me right now. Probably not. Again, so. 35 minutes, 45 minutes go by. I'm like, okay, this is enough. I don't really want to drink anymore. Maybe it's time to wrap it up and go to bed and just live with uh, what could have been if I would have talked to this girl. (laughs) So I stand up. And in my mind, I'm like, when I stand up, I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe that's what I should do. Yes, stand up. Because then she'll think like, oh, he's going to leave. So it's now or never. Still, same thing. Chasing that thought off in my mind. Tommy, you're drunk. The girl doesn't want anything to do to you. With you, leave it alone. Still, okay, but let me have my fantasy. All these thoughts are going through my wacky mind. Now, you, now, you, now you're probably getting an idea while you're listening to this why I can sit here and talk to myself and a mic to a microphone for all this because my mind is very active. <laughs> so I do stand up, and would you believe, because I almost didn't, that that is exactly what happened. I stood up, looked one last time over at her. Now this time... She's looking directly at me, smiles, and just does that thing where she points with two fingers to her eyes and then points the two fingers back at me. Sort of like, I, I see you. What are you doing? What are you, what's, what's your deal? She's like, I see you over there. What are you doing? I'm like, wow, are you kidding me? So I was like shocked and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And then I did the thing where you kind of look behind you to be like, I don't know. You can't be looking at me, right? But I was like, did it in a fun way. And I'm like, uh, but all this is happening while we're completely in talking distance. We're not like doing this from across the room. We're doing this from like maybe like double arms length away. 
And I just kind of said to her, hey, you looking for somebody? And then she like laughed and then she's like, how you doing? I'm like, you're, you're, you're Allie, right? Because I thought I heard her say, one of her friends say her name. And then she's like, close, Holly. And then she put her hand out to shake hands with me. And we talked then for like the next half hour. Her friends left. We ended up getting along. She um, was about 30 years old. I think she said she's like around, she looked around 30. I don't know why I'm saying 30. I feel like she said like right around 30. Maybe I'm just like surmising that of her age because she told me she used to be a, she's from New York, lives in Vegas now, and she used to be a kind of a promotional model. Like in the business, I've dealt with them a lot. They have these girls that sign up and they like brand ambassadors, they hand out things or they sell shots or they give things away that a third party company hires them for and they send them into our bar or restaurant. And they're kind of like, so she was doing that for a while. And then I guess she feels like, I guess she graduated from that. And now she said that she had her own company doing that. And she was like the broker for that. And she hires the girls to send them out. And she kind of, you know, makes money doing that with her own company. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So we had a little connection there talking about the restaurant industry and stuff like that. So we just took off from there. And we ended up uh, having a nice time for the rest of the night there. And then we, um, you know. Everybody left. The party was over. And, you know, I liked that part of the ship. So me and her ended up staying back there for a while. And it was it was really cool. So it, this was night four. There was still a day left. And now it was getting extra late. And uh, we kind of just, uh, I told her, all right, well, <clears throat> I, we have tomorrow. I don't know what your plans are tomorrow. She's like, oh, I'm just going to do the usual around the deck and everything, this and that. And uh, that's what happened. We kind of said goodbye. But we did have a really nice kind of hour hour and 15 minute conversation between each other and uh you know whatever else you were hanging out on the f deck having a nice time and um she said goodbye i said goodbye went to went our opposite ways and it was a good night that was it so but then obviously the next day what you might think i would do as to why maybe i'm single is that i spent the entire day making sure i didn't run into her (laughs) for the next day i just wanted to leave it where it was i didn't want to have that awkward thing where you see her the next day and like Oh hey, oh you're gonna hang out? Are we gonna hang out? Like she was with a she was with a crew. She was with a 25 person family reunion. So I didn't you know that's the I didn't want to do that. Roll up on her while she's at the buffet with you know ten of her friends and cousins and whatever and aunts or whatever. And then I'm rolling up. Oh, there's your guy from last night. And I didn't want any of that smoke whatsoever. So I looked forward. I don't know if I went. I obviously I didn't sit in my cabin the whole day, but I looked forward. I made sure that I was not looking to run into her. Didn't want to bump into her. I just kind of want to leave it where it was because it was a great night. And, um, you know, that's when the cruise itself went from like a really nice, unexpectedly fun cruise to a freaking phenomenal cruise between the money and the gambling and then the interaction late night with the new friend. It was and, and the fantasy deck as a whole. I mean, the serenity deck as a whole just being a being a great vibe out there it was awesome really really enjoyed it and i was like man i am having a great time because prior to that like i said to you guys before i don't look to walk around and be that guy hey where you from Hey, nice to meet you yeah i'm here by myself yeah what's up what's new i'm not that guy i will if you approach me you know glad to kind of open up and you know we'll get into you know we'll get into all that stuff but i'm not the outgoing you know guy but so knowing that i didn't really make any friends i didn't really look to meet anybody i guess nobody really looked to meet me we were just kind of going around the ship and getting some good food getting some good relaxation in and getting a lot of work done and enjoying and taking notes like a half a work trip on this fantasy class cruise ship and that was great and then that next day it just went to that other level 
So that's what happened. And uh, the next day, um, kind of much of the same, slept in a little bit late, did the gym, walked around, got some more work done, and uh, now it's time for dinner. But now I'm up 180 bucks, so I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to do dinner, maybe walk around the ship a little bit. But for all intents and purposes, this cruise is kind of over. I enjoyed it, had a great time. Let me relax. Let me re-enter society all refreshed and everything else. So it's now it's like 7 o'clock, and I'm still of that mindset, and I start texting back and forth with Nicole. You know, she's asking me how it is. I'm telling her I'm having a good time, this and that. And then she goes, okay, so tonight's going to get crazy, huh? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's the last night go out with a bang i'm like no i'm thinking i'll just kind of re-enter society you know sober without a hangover i think i had a great time so far and i think i'll just kind of chill out tonight and uh get off the ship early tomorrow and have a great day drive back have a nice drive back she goes uh i don't think so tommy uh and she just writes it's your last night you're on a cruise ship yolo (laughs) So I'm like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's a good idea, but yeah, no, not really. And then she just planted that seed. And uh, next five minutes, I'm like, you know, I mean, is she lying? Is she wrong? (laughs) So I'm like, all right, here we go. So 7.30, dinner's at 8.30, but 7.30, all right, let's do it again. We'll go to the casino. Um, I have, I'm up 180 bucks. Let me just not go any further than that. I'm not going to lose that. If I lose that, I'll lose that. But I'll still, you know, get off the ship with the same 400 that I got on with. In the money, and we'll have some drinks. See where the night goes. Really cool crew we sat down with at the table at 730. Still light out. A lot of cool people there. And I was having a good time just gambling. I was up. I was down. I was up. I was down. Um, Still kind of staying right, basically, even though. Uh, A couple times, I guess we had a new dealer because this dealer, I mean, when I say new, we hadn't seen him before, but he was new at dealing because he had a couple of hiccups and it wasn't as fluid as usually the dealers are. And a couple of times he overpaid me and both times I gave him the money back and told him because what he would do is I would put the money up. And I would get a blackjack. And if he pays you in a blackjack, he pays you out right away. And then clears uh, clears the cards. Now, if I don't clear my cards, he doesn't know. So if he busts after that, everybody else got their card. They went through the deal. But he's already paid me like several minutes ago. But he's dealing with the rest of the table. So now, when he busts, he forgets that I had blackjack. And he already paid me immediately. And then gives me the double the money. First time, I was like, well... What do they do in Royal Caribbean when they offer an $18 a day drink package? They honor it. So I should keep the money. So I'm debating in my mind whether what I should do. And I decide, uh, buddy, you, uh, you double paid me. And then he's like, oh, thank you. And then he does it again. He did it twice. And then everybody at the table is very, very complimentary to me. That's good. That's good energy for us. That's good energy for the table. That's good that you did that. And, uh, it was cool, but then the energy started running out, started losing, 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 put the 180 back, <laughs> put another 100 out there against my disciplinary rule, and uh, lost that, put another 180 out there, lost that, 100, I'm sorry, 100 out there, lost that, so now I'm down on the 180 that I was up, plus another 200. Okay, so dinner's not happening again. 
<laughs> so I battled my way back. I won the 200 back, and then I won another 60 on top of that. So I was up 60 for the trip. So I put the 180 back, which I didn't want to do. I thought maybe I could turn that 180 into maybe get it up to 500 for the trip. No, but it got worse. Lost two more 100, won the 200 back. Now what time is it? I think it's like 11 o'clock or whatever it was. I don't really even know. Lost track a little bit. 10 o'clock, whatever it was. So now I wanted to go into the atrium. So I, I stopped. So I stopped playing. I'm up 60 bucks. I'm up 60 bucks for the trip, and that's it. I'm not playing around anymore. Go into the atrium. Order myself a, a Grey Goose and Soda. The friendly bartender says for $3, I'd be glad to give you a double because then she showed me the sign that said that. That's uh, that's a cool thing with Carnival. You can get a double double drink. They won't charge you double the price for the drink. They'll charge you a $3 upgrade, which is awesome. Uh, so I did that, and I didn't need any more because, again, like I said, I was drinking for free in the casino, but I did get another one. And the guitar guy was playing, and I really enjoyed the guitar guy playing like the B-side hits and kind of, you know, he was good. I enjoyed him. But then he said, next up is music trivia, okay? So music trivia, you're thinking, all right, it's a trivia. So I was about to get up and walk away. But everybody, for some reason, the bartender, the guitar guy, uh, somebody else, they were all saying it's not like regular music trivia. You may want to stick around for this one. Now, pay attention. I did post a couple, but I'm going to post some more. I told you Leon was the best cruise director I've had. I already kind of thought he was as good as anybody before this happened. But now, the guitar guy shuts down. I got a seat at the bar. And people are around me. Uh, this one girl sits next to me. Thought maybe it had been a possible pocket. But then her six foot five, 300-pound boyfriend uh, came next to her. They ended up being really cool. So I ended up hanging out and talking to them. And uh, then this whole music trivia is about to start. Leon comes out in like this... 80s outfit. So I guess it was 80s trivia. Um, DJ uh, Paulie, Paulie V comes out. Is that his name? Paulie V comes out. He's he's uh, introducing Leon. And you could tell something's happening. There's, there's, a palpable, there's a palpability in the air. There's a palpable sense in the air that something fun is about to happen in this atrium. Because you see people start to build up on the upper decks too. You know, and now there's like five decks high of just people hanging over the deck waiting for this trivia to start. I guess they had did a moat they had done a Motown version earlier in the cruise that looked like it was a little crazy. Now this was gonna be eighties music trivia. He gets the mic, Leon gets the mic, and just starts playing these introductions of these songs. And then he's pulling people on stage. He's jumping around. He's, you know, the the driving force behind this is not necessarily the trivia, where it's almost like a name that tune type of thing. It's also playing the song itself, getting sing-alongs going, and then just Leon just crushing the room and just throwing the party running he was running he was going from the 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 stage behind the bar down the stairs up three levels bringing the microphone up three levels interviewing and getting people to sing live so it's hard to explain but he had five girls on stage doing a madonna off this was just a freaking party a last night of the cruise party with leon in a in a wig and an 80s workout outfit on to the point where at the very end of it, the guy did a stage dive into the crowd and jumped on everybody. And he had, he had the entire atrium passing Leon 
with his microphone around. He did a pour some sugar on me bit on the girl who was sitting right next to me where he danced in front of her and started just pouring sugar on her like from the packets. And then she literally just started praying because she was clearly a conservative, uh, you know, idealistic girl and didn't necessarily want to have all that attention on her. And then it got a little dirty because Leon was dancing in front of her. So it was a funny move by her where she just went into prayer mode and Leon exploited that hysterically. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was awesome. Um, speaking of Leon too, also, again, the word I just used for him was just a force of nature. He was awesome. I think I might have stole that from uh, I might have stole that from, from Sammy B. She might have said that and that just stayed in my mind. And boy, was that description ever uh, appropriate. Um, he was also really good during the Q&A. If you want to hear Leon on the Q&A, definitely check out the Patreon. Uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. I recorded, secretly recorded the entire cruise director Q&A, and uh, he did a good job. He was just He's just funny. You'll get a good sense of it. Not the over-the-top party theatrics of him during that Q&A, but you will hear his uh, comedic timing and personality during that. And uh, just a very, very entertaining guy. I'm going on and on and on about this cruise. I did have those couple of stories in the interview that I wanted to put in there too. Uh, so I guess I'll wrap it up and just say the uh, the cruise overall was so much more than I could have experienced. All the people, shout out to everybody who ever told me that I was really missing out on something by not going on a fantasy class ship because either I got lucky or these fantasy class cruise sailings are just amazing. I had an amazing time. Uh, the The room steward was amazing. Everybody was great. I really, except, you know, we had a little rocky time with those dealers there, but in general, it was awesome. Debarkation was rough. I think they might have skimped out on a couple of customs officers or two because that took about an hour to go from, uh, you know, to get released, as they say, into, uh, into, into Tampa. Shout out to um, Matt from the Cruise Geeks. I wanted to see him because he was working in the Tampa Aquarium right there. And we were going back and forth via text. Uh, he told me it was a very, very busy day there. But I was still more than welcome to come in, say hi. And, you know, you know, when he said it was very, very busy in there, I kind of took it as maybe it wasn't. And I said that to him. I was like, you know, maybe if it's busy, we could do it another time. He's like, no, it's cool. You could definitely come by. You know, I'm, I'll maybe only have a couple of minutes. But uh, still more than, more than glad to have you come by. That kind of threw me off because then I'm like, uh, you know what? There's weather. There was rumblings of that as well, that the tropical depression, maybe we may get some of that. I didn't want to drive in that at all whatsoever. So that would all the, also the combination of customs taking like over an hour to get through. I decided to kind of just get in the car and, and cruise home. So that's what I did. That was the Carnival Paradise. Overall, it was almost a 10. Let's give it a 9.5. Congratulations to all of you telling me that I was an idiot for not wanting to do a Carnival Parada- uh, Carnival Fantasy class. That I was crazy for not wanting to do a Carnival uh, Fantasy class ship. I absolutely cannot wait until my next Carnival Fantasy class ship. I will also say this to everybody who's ever cruised with me. Nicole, Chris, Nick, Jonathan, Stu, everybody, Kay, uh, if this was not a solo cruise, if we had a crew on this cruise ship, this might be the freaking funnest cruise we've ever had. Because, again, I had that much fun solo. If we ever did this with the crew, it would be absolutely out of control. And maybe, maybe we'll do a group cruise. Maybe we'll do an always be booked group cruise on a fantasy class ship. Maybe. We'll see. 
Uh, thank you guys uh, for listening. Thank you guys for putting up with a couple of years of fantasy class bashing. That is now over. What a freaking cruise this was. I'm not saying this because, you know what, I wanted to be shocking and do a big reveal on how I got turned around. I was planning, before day four, I was planning on getting back on the air and saying, you know, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. You guys were right. Double that. Triple that. Quadruple that. Between Sammy B, between the whole staff, between Leon, between the layout of the ship, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Nothing to speak about about the ports of call, by the way. I didn't get off the ship for Cozumel, and in Grand Cayman, I don't know. It seems like if you don't do Stingray City in Grand Cayman, it's a waste of time. I did a, a sort of a, a, a generic kind of a island tour, one of those island tours that I told you I probably would end up doing. The turtle farm was cool. I'm not super into turtles, just like I'm not super into stingrays. But, uh, you know, nature. So if you want to do animals and things like that, Grand Cayman is great. If you want to do a beach day, Grand Cayman is great. Those two things don't necessarily bark right up my alley. So it wasn't the biggest thing. This was not, this was the furthest thing from a port driven itinerary that I could ever tell you. It was all about the cruise ship, it was all about the people on the ship and the people that made it great and I had one hell of a good time Whew, hopefully you sat through all that uh, that's about it alright let's get into the emails for this week hey quick question how important is your vacation to you okay well are you booked if not I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime let's talk Caribbean Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, as we say each and every week, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show, some people's favorite part of the show. Would you believe some people even fast forward the show to get to the emails? After that soliloquy I just put on in that rambling session, I wouldn't blame you for this particular episode. But here we are, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have anything to say, ask or comment on about cruising in general, if you have corrections you want to make, something I said wrong, which I guarantee will happen at least three or four times a show, feel free, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Please keep those emails coming. We don't just want them, we need them. All right, hey, Tommy, hope all is well in your world. And I can't wait to hear about the fantasy class. Okay, be careful what you ask for. (laughs) But I was thinking that it might be a good idea to get a custom cruise cast for our 825 sailing on the Liberty of the Seas. I got this Liberty sailing free from the casino on Royal Caribbean, and that made me think about casinos on cruise ships. Also... 
it thought, but I spend an hour or two a day in the casino when we cruise, and I never hear much about casinos on most of the podcasts that I regularly listen to. Well, that all changed about a half hour ago, didn't it? I know I've heard Richard on Doug's podcast say that he spends a lot of time in the casinos, and I thought that may be a good topic for an episode with an interview or two. Maybe discussions about how to get comps, freebies, different games on the ships, or even how the casinos casinos differ by cruise line. Can't wait for the group cruise talk soon. Matt touched on a few things there. A, yes, Matt, I do offer cruise uh, companion episodes. Those are uh, episodes that I will tailor make to your cruise, and I will do some research on you, your background, as well as where you're going, the ship, and this and that. There'll be music involved with it, and I will give you an episode, which is going to be anywhere between, let's just say, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending upon how long your cruise is or how much information there is about the ship and things like that. How much information you give me, uh, and yes, I you know I was originally thinking yeah let me just charge thirty forty bucks for this thing and then I did one and I realized how long it took so I realized if I got ever got inundated with these things I would be kind of just uh, <laughs> listen, long story short they take about seven or eight hours so five or six hours if you get it down you know on the low end but yeah for that reason I do charge seventy nine bucks for them if you're interested in get one of those uh, I'd be glad to do it for you just email me at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Uh, I think that's a good idea to do an episode on the casino. I've never been an expert on what the perks are and how they decide the perks. I, I've definitely heard different theories about that. I've definitely heard, um, you know, sometimes I heard it's the amount you play, it's your average bet. Sometimes I've heard it's your average sit time at the casino. But yeah, there's enough of a community out there that probably knows this and maybe interview some people that do know. I think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah, and the group cruise. Definitely can't wait to see you on the group cruise, Matt. We're going to have an absolute blast. It's going to be a fun time. And anybody who is interested in possibly hearing more about Pirates and Pier Runners group cruise on January 18th, 2020 on Royal Caribbean's, oh, uh, I'm sorry, Adventure of the Seas, visiting Labadee, San Juan, St. Martin, and St. Thomas. That's St. Thomas Day. I cannot wait for Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Thanks again to Matt. Matt is one of, if not the... Uh, Head of the Cones, one of the best that ever do it, Matt of Matt and Thelma. Thanks, Matt. We will talk to you soon. All right. Let's uh, move it along here. Tommy, my family and I just got off the ovation of the seas. We are a party of 12 with ages ranging from 70 to 6. Here are some bullet points of our trip. Um, Both indoor and outdoor pools were heated, which were great for the kids. The covered seating in the pool deck was perfect for the breathtaking views of Canada and Alaska, not to mention the many humpback whale sightings. That's really cool. During sea days, the ship did seem a little crowded at popular areas such as Trivia, North Star, Bumper Cars, and the Seaplex. I recommend arriving to those activities an hour ahead of schedule. The staff was absolutely incredible from our room steward to the bartenders. I fly instructors, wait staff in the restaurant, and buffet were all great. The elevators were very busy during the peak times, but we took the stairs to get more steps uh, so we could counteract all the Bloody Marys and fish and chips. Fish and ships replaced... Is that, is that, was that like a, um, a pun there? Fish and ships? That's kind of clever there if they did that. Replaced Kung Fu Noodle Bar on this ship and is amazing. Complimentary options include Pollock Fish and Chips, Chicken Tenders with Chips, and a fish sandwich with 
chips. Upcharge items included halibut fish and chips. A lot of chips going on here. Chip heavy. This is a chip heavy sailing, which was fantastic. Fried lobster tails and a deep fried candy Mars bar. Ooh, that sounds good. We purchased the three night dining package and couldn't have been happier with Jamie's Wonderland and Chops. In Juneau, we saw Mendenhall Glacier and went whale watching where uh, where we went whale watching where we saw two pods of orcas and several humpback whales. In Skagway, we took a bus to the top of the White Mountains, passed, uh, passed, then boarded the train to take us back to town. A must-do for Alaskan first-timers. So I'll read that part again. Skagway, we took the bus to the top of the White Mountain Pass, then boarded the train to take us back to town. A must-do for Alaska first-timers. That's a good takeaway there. Um, sorry, I scrolled up when I was supposed to scroll down here. And uh, because this sailing was only only had two stops in Alaska, we had a full day in Victoria, British Columbia. We took a private bike tour all over the city and had lunch at a local restaurant overlooking the harbor. And that sounds like an amazing cruise. I keep saying it over and over again that I'm not ready to break away from my palm tree cruises. I need the palm trees and the green water. But every time I get emails like this, I get closer and closer to thinking about doing that uh, clean air beautiful scenic Alaska trip it's probably going to happen it's still not there yet you know everybody's got their lane my lane is the Caribbean right now my lane is the big three but I do like what I heard from you Um, and this is Colin and I do you know like I said I keep getting emails like this I may end up on one of these Alaska cruises and that's a great party of 12 with people ranging from 70 to 6 that's what it's all about a good family cruise and a good time uh, to be had for all and ovation of the seas man that's a cruise ship I want to go on Uh, Colin answer me this did uh uh, the 270 lounge is that what it's called the, the the 270 lounge blow you away like it seems like it would i definitely would love to check out the 270 lounge really really uh slick innovations and robotics and things like that and scenery uh they do a great job of mixing real actors with kind of computer generated you know i guess uh screen actors and, and things like that i just definitely want to check that out sorry i'm getting a little loopy here guys i'm doing a lot of talking um i don't know how i don't know how this episode went over i know i talked a lot uh i kind of gave you a blow by blow and part of me feels like man i really got to start shortening these things just for all of our sake in general <laughs> thank you colin for the email okay moving on again please use only my first name instructions will be followed uh if you are going on a royal caribbean cruise in italy and bring a bottle of wine on the cruise from my own home okay so i'm going to read this again we did mention about the proofreading this might have been me butchering the reading it might have been you no offense maybe needing to do a little bit more of the proofreading so we can keep the show moving but let's try this again If you are going on a Royal Caribbean Cruise Line cruise in Italy and bring a bottle of wine on the cruise from my own home, period. Yeah, no, that's on you, sweetheart. Sorry. Um, Barbara, first name only. Uh, Drink it the first night or so. 
can you buy another bottle of wine in another port in Italy and bring it on the cruise? Okay, so now I'm, now I'm making sense of the question. This is all should be one sentence. If you're going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, you bring a bottle of wine from your own home, you drink it the first night, can you buy another bottle to replace that in Italy and then bring it on the cruise? Uh, no, you cannot. Even if you don't bring a bottle of wine from home and you come in bare, wineless, you still can't buy a bottle in Italy and bring it on the cruise. Yes, I know. I don't like it either. Wish you could, but I guess that's just the way they figure. They got to make some money, and I do get it. Listen, can't get mad at them for that. We all know these cruise lines are in no way, shape, or form hurting for money or business or things like that. But yeah, at the end of the day, they're in the in the game for profit, and a large part of that profit is alcohol sales. And yes, they're not going to let you bring uh, more wine on board from the ports to uh, load up because otherwise you could just keep doing that. You could do that at every port and just continuously bring wine on board. Um, Asking for a friend, says Barbara. Barbara, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the email. You can bring the wine on, though. They are going to confiscate it from you, though. Um, All right. Moving on. I mean, you could always maybe sneak it on. If you could sneak it on and get it on, you know, then you could drink whatever you want, but I don't think that works. Here we go. Tommy, John, a.k.a. The Undertaker, LOL, from upstate New York, Albany area. My good friend Ploofy from upstate listens to you all the time and now has me listening as well. Myself and the wife have been on six cruises. We have been on Norwegian Gem and no Royal Caribbeans yet five on carnival for me i like to show love and loyalty to one line and as you can tell carnival cruise line is our favorite that brings me to my point i select a ship for the itinerary first and then the type of ship i think you spoke in the last podcast of not going on the carnival breeze yet i just want to say that i think this is my most favorite of all cruises with carnival that i've been on the that the the close was the 3700 people on the ship but you never felt like there was that many people there there was never an issue with the lines at the buffet and the pools were never cramped go on the breeze the moment you can we are actually looking forward to get ploofy on her in october or november in 2020 i have to say my moment of pure cruise bliss was when myself the wife and three boys were on the second covered level of the Lido deck, warm breeze blowing, cold drinks flowing, enjoying the sunset while watching a movie on the big screen in some nice comfy chairs. That's what it's all about. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Can't wait to listen to the next one from this trip. You are a true ambassador to the cones and the cruising community. And uh, that is from John. John the Undertaker. John, I want to know how you got that name. Do I want to know? Let me know. John, the way you describe that subtle cruise bliss moment, I totally, completely agree with you. Uh, the, that's subtle. It's subtle because you never go on a cruise ship to watch a movie. I understand that. And I love that covered deck. And you know I've waxed poetically about the sunset being my favorite time on any day of any cruise ship. So I agree with you. I appreciate your words about telling me that I am the ambas- uh, a good ambassador towards uh, cruising in general. And uh, for the cones, I mean, you guys are my fuel. I would be nowhere without you guys. So I appreciate you guys listening so much. And I'm, I'm glad. Shout out to Ploofy. Ploofy is uh, a, a good kind of new on the scene listener. And uh, I'm really appreciative that he brought you on board. And that's the best way you could help the show. All you guys, the best thing you could do for this show, above signing up for Patreon, above 
coming on the group cruise, buying shirts and this and that, the best thing you could possibly do is tell somebody else or get somebody else hooked on the show and uh, we, so we can grow this community. That's all we really, really want to do. I'd like to hear more, uh, John, about what other Carnival cruise ships you've been on. I told you I definitely want to do one of those um, mag- uh, Dream Class ships. I'm very, very pumped to get on one of them. And again, just taking everything I've kind of data that I've captured about cruising over the years, I kind of feel like that is a, a, a class of ships that I definitely want to get on. I know it's a newer, newish Carnival ship, but at the same time, it does have a good amount of bells and whistles and space, but... It also kind of, I feel like it kind of still has that connection to the the heyday of Carnival. You know what I mean? Before it got too out of control and too fancy and, and nice and everything. Before the violins were in the lobby and things like that. But either way, John, thank you so much for the email. Really, really appreciate it. Hey, Tommy, I heard you read my email on the podcast last week and wanted to give you a little more info. I can see that my email probably sound like a high-end traveler, which is far from reality. I am 60-year-old single retired social worker that loves to travel so much I do all kinds of side gigs to help finance my love of travel and cruising. Azamara was a moderate type cruise ship when my kids booked their trip. They were so lucky as the line transitioned to all-inclusive after they booked it and they were grandfathered in with free drinks including gratuities. The six-person sailboat trip was not a Windstar, it's a Windjammer, which is a huge difference. A week at lowest level cabin is under 1300 and less when you catch a sail. A little more expensive, but nothing crazy. I enjoy listening to you as we share the love of those cruise moments. My favorite real estate is a side lounge chair on the promenade deck away from everyone in the shade with an adult beverage and a book. The wind blowing on my face and an up-close view of the ocean. We get each other even if you are the nightlife guy and I am a bit more dull. Keep doing what you enjoy. Uh, Keep doing... I'm sorry... I'm sorry, enjoy is the next line. Keep doing what you're doing, and I will throw a few hints your way when I see cool options that you just might enjoy. I definitely appreciate that. Can't wait for your trip report. Have a fabulous trip, and have some boat drinks for me. I just couldn't have you thinking I am some pompous old lady. I am perfectly happy on Carnival with a shared inside cabin and love that occasional upscale cruise when it's on sale. Sandy. Sandy, thank you. I wasn't thinking you were upscale. I wasn't thinking you were hoity-toity and snobby. I just said for me, at that time, looking at those lines wasn't something I do because the minimalist times I have, they've been a little bit out of my price range, uh, especially for what I want to do. Now, my splurges, where I want to splurge. Now, I'm not going to say it. You know, that's just thought of it. That's a good idea for a show. You know, top five things you know, I'd want to do on cruise lines that are out of my price range. Uh, some of them I don't care about. Some of them you can keep. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care about the beach club or, uh, you know, things like that or the haven. Uh, but some of them I do want to splurge on, definitely. Sandy, I appreciate the email. We definitely, you know, I may like a lot of nightlife, but you may like, the, you know, we all are in the same mindset here. We love being at sea. We love the salty air. We love the wind hitting our face and uh, just love watching that ocean go by. 
Hey, Tommy, just listen, just finished listening to your latest podcast and want to send you a quick email. First of all, your podcasts really make my work days go faster and always give me a good laugh. I just wanted to say how I can 100% relate to your subtle cruise bliss stories. When you start talking about this, wow, that's three back-to-back emails on subtle cruise bliss. We may be onto something here. Let's start that hashtag. Somebody start the hashtag. When you start talking about the smell of the ship when you first get on board to the chlorine and the pizza smell and the aft of the splendor or the sound of the quarter machine in the casino. I honestly feel like I was right back on a cruise ship, my favorite place to be. And by the way, I actually did win $20 on that machine on a cruise. Wow. I don't know how you did that. I never did. Always, uh, I, I always thought I was a little obsessed with all the little things on a cruise ship that they had to offer, but the way you described the feeling you get from the AC hitting you on your way to the buffet or the free ice cream cones is exactly how I feel. I am sure how everyone else who loves cruising feels no one i know understands this feeling but you seem to hit it right on the head it's also why i love this group one of my absolute favorite places to be is in the middle of the ocean up on deck with a drink in my hand surrounded by a great company that's my cruising bliss anyway i just want to thank you for all always being real and genuine with your listeners and on your social media platforms you are doing an awesome job just bringing new content every week i can't wait for the group cruise next year sandra sandra's going on the group cruise sandra's uh rising star as they say in the group sandra i really really appreciate that email sandra's going to be in florida this week i think maybe we're going to catch up and maybe uh consider discussing some more contributions that uh, Sandra can bring to the show. Um, sounds like she really, I mean, Sandra, when I listen to you talk and I see you uh, write these emails and write what you write, clearly you have it. Clearly you have that cruising just, I mean, you, you can't describe it. You get it. You understand it. There's The way that we understand it and the people in this community understand it is just as strong as the way that there's certain people who don't never will get it. They just don't get it. And that's what brings us together. That's what brings us closer is because we all recognize, and it's not right or wrong. You know, if somebody doesn't like cruise ships, people say to me all the time, Tommy, convince me why I got to go on a cruise ship. I go, maybe you shouldn't. What do you want me to tell you? Maybe you shouldn't go on a cruise. If you're worried about crowds and, you know, you listen to all the horror stories and, you know, the seasickness, as you have perpetual seasickness and things like that, maybe cruising is not for you. And I'm not going to try to convince you. But if you want to know my opinion as to why it's the greatest form of travel there is, I'm here for you. So is this podcast. And so are people like Sandra and everybody else in the group that are willing to wax poetically as well about all the great times that they had cruising. I am going to mercifully end this podcast. Is I think it feels like it's an ultra-long podcast. I'm not 100% sure if it is. I don't know about the time, but uh, I'm sitting up here and uh, battling it out. Hopefully, uh, those people who wanted to hear me eat crow about the fantasy class, they got that itch scratched. I'm here for you guys. Really love the cruise. If there's any takeaway from this cruise podcast whatsoever is that I absolutely love the carnival paradise and cannot wait to get back on it again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat is from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat is from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy, 
It's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat is from It takes away all of your big problems The worries you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat is from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaks from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaks from So get away to where the boat leaks from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaks from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from